This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This book contains spoilers from the Shadowhunters world and Queen of Shadows with mentions of Supernatural. There are also discussions surrounding toxic parents, miscarriage, and alcoholism. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Chain of Gold, book one in the Last Hours series by Cassandra Clare. And Jessica Marie, we are starting off ready. We are ready to go. (laughs) I want to talk about before we talk about this book. I want to talk about the order that I basically forced you to read these series, this series, this book series. And um, do you now see, having read just this first book, why we read in the order that we did? Yes. Yes. I understand that people could read it in other ways. But this one, if you're looking for an emotional impact... This, this, I don't know, everything you guide me towards. I'm like, this is the only way. <laughs> well, because I, I just bring this up because we are almost done with like the, the established like Shadowhunters world. I know, I know, but it has to be said. It has to be said. Uh, the last hours series is complete. And then from here, we would move on to Secrets of Blackthorn Manor. Now, we did not and have not read Secrets of Blackthorn Manor, any of it. Because this book series, The Last Hours, uh, establishes a lot of uh, Blackthorn Manor and what is going on. And we have a lot of James being there. So I could not, (laughs) in good faith, send you in that direction when there is just so much spoiler potential for you. So, Which is wild because we know that Blackthorn Manor is complete. But Chain of, the, the third book, Chain of something, Iron? No. Is the, whatever the third book is in the last hours, it came out this year in January 2023 or like February, tw- early earlier this year. So the fact that that was completed before the third book would have thrown everybody off, no? We will not discuss it. We will not discuss it here. <laughs> that like is way the- ahead of that discussion is for another time. That is for when we are in a puddle over the secrets of Blackthorn Manor. We are, though, now in, in, I don't know, clenched fists over, over, uh, this, this book right here. Uh, this book has, there's, there's a lot of criticisms of this book. This book has, um, and we will get to those. But one of them is that it has so many fucking characters. It does. It does. And we've met most of them. We have met almost 
all of them, almost all of them. And that was something else that I did deliberately for you is like slowly introduce you through Shadowhunter Academy and then again through um, like the, the Bane Chronicles, you know, and uh, Ghost of the Shadow Market slowly introduce you to members of the Merry Thieves because um, I do remember being like, who the fuck are all these boys? <laughs> who are all these boys? What is going on? Like, who is Thomas? <laughs> I was looking at one of my notes I sent you, and I was like, ooh, Thomas and Lucy are going to be a thing. And then when I reread the notes today, before we started recording, I was like, they're cousins. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> because there's so many people. <laughs> I had to remember. I was like, I need a family tree. But then you cautioned. You were like, come to me because you're going to start spoiling things for yourself. And I... You are my expert, so I go to you. <laughs> well, and you asked for a family tree, and I gave you one, and I was, and it was heavily edited. <laughs> it was, because I was like, I wanted a specific family tree, and you were probably like, oh, she has no idea that that person's going to die, but okay. <laughs> I was like, here you go. <laughs> and I was like, oop, when I, once I got to the part where that character died, I was like, that question was so moot. Like, why didn't you tell me? You have to do these things on your own. That's part of the joy. Um, because I told you that at some parts I was like kicking and screaming and it, and, and you were like, this tells me nothing. And it did tell you nothing because I was kicking and screaming at like the vagueness of your notes. And, and that, you know, I sent that to you because it could be interpreted anyway. And it was, it was absolutely perfect. Um, but while we are talking about all the characters of this book, Jess, <laughs> Tell me who they are, because there's fuck all so many. Well, where I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to just, like, name drop. With some of the ones that we know, love, past, present, and future, we have Magnus Bane is back. We have Will and Tessa Herondale, uh, Will's sister, Ceci, Gabriel, Gideon. We have mentions of Ragnar Fell. We even see him. We have Malcolm Fade. We do not like him. Um, I, and then even, I mean, I, I want to say everybody's back because we've met them. So I'll keep going into it. We have our female main character, more or less, um, Cordelia, Cordelia Carstairs. She is Jem's cousin, and she is also the one who wields Cortana. We know Cortana from Emma Carstairs from the Dark Artifices. Um, we have our Merry Thieves, which are James Herondale. He's obviously Will and Tessa's son. And um, the male main character, you have Matthew Fairchild, who is Charlotte and Henry's son, and the Parabatai of Will. Um, we also have James. Thomas and... Oh, sorry. Yes. Well, I have... Well, <laughs> I'm going to be saying that James, Will's Parabatai, as we know, is Jem. Uh, Matthew Fairchild is James Herondale's Parabatai and vice versa. Um, you have Thomas and Christopher Lightwood. We also have Lucy Herondale, which is James's little sister. There's Alistair Carstairs, who is Cordelia's brother and big bad bully from that we know of from Shadowhunters Academy. We talked about him briefly in that episode. Um, we also have Anna Lightwood. Um, and then we have Grace Blackthorne and Tatiana Blackthorne. We know Tatiana from being uh, Gideon and Gabriel's sister from the Infernal Devices. And Grace Blackthorne, we met through the Bane Chronicles that we discussed as the person that Magnus like went over to Blackthorne Manor and he was like, 
this is some like creepy shit. I'm dipping the fuck out and I'm not coming back for, here for a while. Um, and with that, we also have Jesse Blackthorne, which I noted is dead ish. Um, son of Tatiana Blackthorne. Um, and there's, I feel like there's so many more that I'm missing, but they'll just kind of naturally be introduced into the conversation. Um, all that being said, I know we added like a new segment in our episodes called The Pattern. And Laura, you had kind of shared the the pattern and kind of the background of it. Um, does this book follow the pattern? Excellent question. The pattern, in case you're wondering, the pattern is, does the plot of the book reveal itself in the, I would say like the first five chapters, but I would say like definitely the first chapter. Uh, yes, this book absolutely reveals the plot in the first chapter. And I think that, go- that goes along with uh, kind of the writing style of the Shadowhunter books, right? Like so much happens in all of these books and the way that the writing is, there are several POVs, but they're not like specific POV chapters. It's like every other paragraph is more or less like a different like POV. It's very interesting. So in the context of that, the chapters are very long. So in the first chapter, I'm going to use this specific, this example specifically. Cordelia says like, I will never give myself in marriage. I will never sell myself in marriage. Marriage, never ever like I will only marry for love. There's no other reason. And then, of course, at the, the very end of the book, she does exactly that. She stands up for James, lies for everybody and gives herself in marriage to the man that she loves, who explicitly looks her in the face and says, I do not love you. Uh, so this is, th- so it is a very, I mean, that is like the last chapter and the first chapter. It's bookended right there. Uh, obviously, there's overarching plot because, yeah, James going into the shadow realm. That happens in the first chapter. Matthew drinking in the first, everything is there in the first chapter that is there in the end as well. And all the key people that make a difference because you even have Jesse Blackthorne who plays into the end mm-hmm. of this book too and how significant he is um ent- entirely not just in the plot but like saving James's life. Yeah. Yep, and that would be in the prologue uh which is the natural place to start. Uh Jess, tell me about the prologue. Tell me about Brooklyn Forest. So, the prologue is a kind of, you kind of get a little background of Lucy Herondale. She, it's kids in the 1800s. They're frolicking in the woods. They don't have parental supervision. And she finds herself caught in a fairy trap. And who does she see in this fairy trap but uh, Jesse Blackthorne? And, you know, they have this little banter going back and forth. And she's like, I am, you know, I am Lucy Herondale. My father is Will Herondale. He is a very important person. You need to return me home at once. Um... And the thing that we know about Herondales, if you've been following the podcast, um, is that Herondales are known to see ghosts. So, but at this point, she's not really feeling like this person's a ghost. Maybe he's a fairy. Maybe he's a changeling. Um, because he's not really see-through, but he's just like more animated and live-like, um, which we find out later in the book why. And 
he's like, I'm, I've heard about you, Herondales. Um, she doesn't know his name and, and even as, as the prologue wraps and she's like, she's not going to see him for another like four or five years when she's older. Cause I guess she's about like 10 here. So when mm-hmm. she's, you know, 15, 16, cause the boys are like 17, 18, even 19, Alistair is older. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really, we're like, okay, that's going to be significant. Of course, she's the only one who could see him, but she doesn't recognize that because she's the only one there. Right. And she's also a child. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. And she says later, like, I don't know. I thought you were a fairy. What the fuck, guys? Like, what? Uh, so really great. Kind of sets the tone. So, like, Lucy, Lucy can see ghosts. We know that. But, like... Okay, okay, interesting, setting the tone, which is what happens in chapter one when James is fighting a demon and he slips into the shadow realm. I, I love the like instant world building that happens in chapter one because we get like the repetition of all of the familiar shadow hunter things so that a new reader could potentially start here. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you did, you could start here. Yeah, that would, I would wonder one why you would start here at this point in the series it, but it again everything kid i don't want to say be read as a standalone but each section sector of this the chronicles could be read because some people don't even read the mortal instruments some people just start with the infernal devices so i guess if you like section them off you could be like oh maybe <laughs> i mean there was a point in time where we were going to go to the last out ho- we might have gone to the last hours instead of the dark artifices first so <laughs> We never would have. Don't worry. (laughs) We never would have. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. But the instant world building we get is just like, okay, we're in London. Like, demons haven't been seen for a while. Everybody's, like, out on patrol, but we're kind of rusty, right? Like right there. Right there. It's all the, oh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's what the adults are saying. Like, our kids are basically just, like, play fighting with each other. They're not really doing anything and i feel like that again sets it because it fits the pattern you're like oh this is just telling us that something's gonna happen any day now yeah yeah for sure and and will says that later he's like all these boat parties and regalias he's like we were fighting demons and tessa's like you know maybe maybe we deserve happiness we'll get there we'll get there uh when so, like, chapter one is essentially building our world. Uh, we meet James, like, right? Like, exploding demons. We see his, the Merry Thieves. Uh, we get right here that that demon, before James and everybody kills that exploding demon, the Dumas demon, uh, that demon recognizes James. And James is like, nah, nah, they can't do that. No, I'm just never going to mention this at all and keep it to myself and act surprised when they talk to me later. Chapter one. (laughs) I have a weird question. I know we're only starting. Were there times you were reading this book where you're like, if you only told your parents, you don't know what your parents have gone through. And then I'm thinking of us as kids. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if that would translate well. So I get it now. Yeah, well, here's the thing. There's like secret secrets are no fun. The secrets that they keep from their parents, I understand. It's the secrets that they keep from each other that are annoying. And like even Magnus is like, yo, okay, like I get it. We're rebellious youth. But like if it gets to a certain level, I'm telling your parents like 
Just so we're all clear. I'm in your, I'm, Magnus is the cool uncle right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm here. I'm participating. I'm supervising, but also like, if it gets out of hand, I'm calling your dad. I'm a responsible adult. Yeah. I, I imagine at that point he's looking around like, me? Me? <laughs> Which like, also, I know I'm flashing forward here, but when Matthew is like, we've heard about Magnus Bane, I look up to him. And then when he finally meets him, he's like, sir, you're huge. You're like fanboying over him. It was like, <laughs> keep it in your pants, Matthew. We get it. We get it. But we get also, it. Like, don't it's Magnus. It's Magnus. Like he, he Magnus gets it. <laughs> I know Magnus gets it. He'd be disappointed if people weren't fawning over him. No, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. All right, we are just woo. We're all over. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know if listeners know this, but if you were following my Instagram or my personal TikTok or perhaps even the Acafe. Uh, Instagram, then you knew that, uh, last year I was in London. And when I was in London, I did go to the Devil Tavern. There is a plaque there, uh, where it used to be. I've got my picture in front of it. I've got it all there. It's a whole thing. And the Devil Tavern is where the Merry Thieves go after this demon attack. We get more world building. Like James rented the room. It's a place where they all go. It's a downworlder bar, but they're all like. It's like their little clubhouse. It's so cute. <laughs> it's there. And Jesse, you and I have had this conversation. Uh, it's their third place. Yes. Right? It's their place to go without their parents, without their siblings. Like, it's not work, which would be like London in general. It's not home or school, which is the institute. It's a third place. And good for them. I, I love it. And I love that, like, it's, it's a, it's a downworlder bar and they're just like welcome and everybody, like, appreciates them and kind of like helps them and gives them drinks and stuff and doesn't judge them at all. Oh, and it, and it, and it goes both ways too, because they respect them as shadow hunters and Nephilim. Yes. But they also receive that same respect from the Mary thieves that they keep their promises to downworlders that they've saved downworlders from being poisoned from mermaids specifically in this book I'm referring to. So it's like there, there's, you know, I, I just, there's a camaraderie there, even if it's unspoken. Um, and they also look out for the Merry Thieves because even when Cordelia shows up for like the first time, they were like, who are you? We know who these other guys are. We know who Lucy is, but who are you? You're new. We're not familiar. And they're very, um, they just want to protect them just like it would go both ways. So I, you get that right away. And also, it is here where Polly, the bartender, says, like, oh, yeah, there's demons in London. Like, yeah, uh, they're probably scared. Like, right? They're probably been scared away. James is like, huh, I'm just never going to tell anybody that information and just file that away <laughs> in my own brain. <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's all right here. It's all right here. So is Matthew's drinking upstairs, like his silver bracelet. Something else that is like right here when the boys are in the Devil Tavern is that we get this little background of like James and how he met Grace because uh, we learn that Grace is moving to Chiswick to the old uh, Laywood house. So just what can you tell me about these uh, these summers in Idris with James and Grace? Like we can kind of hit their whole backstory here. Yeah. So basically they're like 
neighbors. And but of course, with the history that we know with the Blackthorns, like well, specifically Tatiana Blackthorn, she blames um, the Carstairs and the Herondales for everything. I say specifically everything. Really, the fact that her dad slept around on her mom. He was colluding with downworlders and not even downworlders specifically demons and was spreading demon pox throughout the shadow hunter community left and right and then he turned into a giant worm because he was so infected with the demon pox and they killed him and this light like we know this from clockwork princess and well spoiler um but so that and that's like in the first chapter of the clockwork princess so but she holds everybody else accountable and she's out for revenge she's out for vengeance and at one point tatiana is like my gates are overgrown you guys, you, I say you guys, you Herondales, I hate you. Your son should come and trim the, the gates and the thorns and like do landscaping. And they're just like, fine, whatever. If that's going to keep you off our back, like we'll be good neighbors about it. And Tati, and so Tatiana has a daughter or she adopted her daughter, um, Grace. And Grace is like, I'll keep you company. I'll give you the shears. And then they've built a rapport um, around their relationship back, you know, being neighbors. And so she's he's like, I'll come every Tuesday. And then it's like, I'll come every summer and we'll hang out all the time and we'll do this, that, the other thing. Um, and this is also we know I think I'm going to jump ahead. I'll wait till you bring that up about ducks embrace me as your king um but that's kind of their backstory and they kind of like have this and keep we have to keep in mind it's like the 1800s late 1800s so their correspondences are very um demure and soft-spoken and like oh you know i can't talk to you because i'm a girl and i can't be left alone with a boy without supervision but like i'm gonna read under this tree or by the gate and if you happen to show up like how about that um so they spend a lot of their time together and she's also like kept i say she grace is like kept under lock and key a lot so this is she's very lonely and this is kind of the only interaction she has with somebody of her age yeah yeah, and they, James says he has exchanged hundreds of secret letters with Grace over the years, and that he he is like in love with her as far as far as he knows, right? And his whole James's whole thing is like Herondale's only love once. So how can he love someone other than Grace? He's loved Grace almost his whole life, right? That's kind of like James's whole conflict that he has. Here. So Grace then gives James kind of like a test of love, which is just so annoying. Let's just get right into their backstory. And one summer, because Tatiana has been planning this the whole time. And that summer, uh, when James is 13, Grace is like, Oh my God, like Tatiana has my mom's bracelet and she's just like, won't let me have it. And like, it's just in a box and it's locked. And if you could steal it for me, that could like prove your love for me. Right. And James is like, yeah, bet, bet. I'm a child. I'm a boy. Bet, 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 bet. No. No, sir. But he turns into a shadow and he steals that bracelet uh, for 
Grace. And then Grace is like, oh, I just remembered. Like, I can't wear this. Like, she'll see it. You wear it as like my friend and a token of my affection. And then she snaps that bracelet on his wrist when he is 13 years old. And that is a a magic enchanted bracelet. It is a spell and it makes James completely like head over heels for Grace. And that is the state. And James has never taken it off because he says later when he does take it off that there is like a strip of pale skin underneath there. So James has never taken that off in like four years. So 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 when we meet him. So he's been under this enchantment for four years. And that's when Grace says uh, a little bit later, uh, Grace is like, yeah, like, don't you feel like our love isn't strong when we're not together? And James is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, love can endure all. And Cord- and and Grace is like, I feel our love, like, fade when we're not together. Because, like, you know, the bond has to be, like, re-strengthened. And, and that's every summer. It's It's like, you know. And there's little, like, and especially, like you say, with the little summer, but then she's also, like, testing it and where his emotions are. Like, she's absolutely gaslighting him on top just to, like, see where his, 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 I guess, his devoutness towards her, because then he has that, that, um, the shadow hunter fever that he catches and what it's like, you know, like a chicken pox sort of thing. You have it once, you'll never have it again. And they, and, uh, Cordelia had had it and her mom had had it. And because of that, everybody was like, well, stay at our place. Like, we can take care of you. And Cordelia would read to him. And she w- and because James hid nothing from Grace, he was like, oh, yeah, like, since the last time we talked, I got this really bad fever and I had to stay with the car stairs. And Lucy would read to me and I and she was like, oh, well, that's because you love her. And he's like, well, he's like, what? No, no. Like. We're literally, we're just best friends. Our family, we're family friends. Like, our families were friends before we were even born. She was, like, was just doing this nice thing. But Meanwhile, that's mean, absolutely yeah. when he fell in love with her. Yeah, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so many things. It's so many things. Okay, so we established that Grace is moving in with Tatiana in Chiswick and that Cordelia is coming with her mother, Sonar, and um, Alistair from their house, Sirenworth, because there is a scandal with Elias, right? Elias, uh, Cordelia, and Alistair's father. We have uh, Sonar being weak. There's a, like, oh, she, you know, she used to be so hardy, my mother, and now she we're, like, worried about her. I wonder if Alistair knows more than he lets on. It's all right here. Uh, it, it's, I love Cordelia so much. I mean, I, I love pretty much all of the female MCs in the Shadowhunter universe, but Cordelia is just so lovely. She's so, I, I remember when there was our, I think it was Fate Crate did like a, a special, uh, last hours box and you found out there was going to be a Cordelia plushie. You were like, Get the plushie now. Don't ask questions. I'm just telling you, you're going to want it before it gets, you know, upcharged on Makari somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's her bronze dress from uh, the Whispering Room and all of that. So we'll get there. We'll get there. I I love this park walk. I love this park walk, right? Uh, Cordelia arrives, like Lucy's there, Tessa, everybody's like, I unpack the house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, get out of here. Go walk. James, walk behind them. (laughs) 
Go chaperone them. Go, go like, chaperone the two girls. And meanwhile, see, see, and this is cute because also with this like beginning of the book backstory, um, you have Lucy who, and it's very like my best friend's brother trope is happening here where Cordelia has been in love with Lucy's brother the, her whole time. The second she met him, she's like, I'm in love with him. And she's never told Lucy this, but she's been so smitten with James. She loves him so much. Um, and, and so she's coming to town. She's in London. She's the new girl who doesn't know anybody. And Lucy had overheard a conversation with her brother and Matthew being like, oh, like, I really like this girl. She's new to town. And Lucy is automatically thinking, um, oh, my gosh, it's going to be. Oh, my gosh. My brother's in love with my best friend. This is so cool. My best friend's going to be my sister. Lo and behold, Cordelia isn't the only new girl in town, but Grace is going to show up, too. We don't know this right away because we have, like, the stroll and the picnic. Lucy and Cordelia are whispering. Cordelia is like, your brother doesn't like me like that. Meanwhile, she's like, oh, my God, I hope your brother likes me like that's so bad. And James is just being James, hot son of Will and Tessa, walking, reading. And Cordelia is like, I wish I could walk and read at the same time. And Lucy's just like, he's just my brother. Whatever. <laughs> I like later. She's like, he threw up in a shoe when he was six. Like, <laughs> he's just a boy. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But she also looks up to him because when, like, the, like, when there's a demon who's looking for, you know, we're going to get into it again, like, looking for James, she's like, we have the same blood. Why am I not being chased? You know, and she's like, what about me? Me too. And same thing with Magnus Bane shows up. Like, are you causing trouble? Like, I know how you hair and tails are. And she's like, I'm a Harrodale. I'm a hair. Include me in the trouble. It's like me, me too. I do, we just love her. We love her so much. And this is also the the conversation I said where this is like the giveaway where the pattern is because uh, she says like, you know, my my job here is to like ingratiate myself. I'm here to like really work the case for my father and like win friends and like, you know, seduce my enemies type situation. And she's like, you know, I don't want to have to marry, but I, you know, it's it's kind of like expected of me, but like I would never sell myself. And then Lucy's like, imagine if you got married to James. It's just so sweet. And it's also like the societal expectations of the time that this book is taking place in, that it's on the woman to save the family's name because it's about who she's going to align herself in marriage. And at this point, Alistair is the quote unquote, like man of the house because Elias is, you know, I, I guess he's like in the silent city. Right. Yeah. And like, and kind of like in a like, you know, Silent City is a lot of things. It's, you know, for health. It's also for like a prison. And he's kind of positioned himself about like, well, it's it's not about marriage for me. It's about the politics. It's about the career. I have to oversee everything as a whole. So he aligns himself in that vein. So it is on Cordelia to be like, well, whatever happens with dad, I'm responsible for getting our family out of whatever we may or may not get into. Yeah. And it is to that end that uh, her mother, Sonar, has dressed her in just hideous pastels of the of the season, which just does not sort Cordelia at all, which is why she finds herself in uh, at, what is it? Ashes of Roses, a lilac dress at this ball, this welcoming ball that is thrown by Tessa and Will in honor of Cordelia and her family to get them accustomed to the enclave of London. And it's here where we get Matthew, who's already like pissed drunk uh, in 
like one of the rooms just hiding that James has to go get. We've got our introduction to Anna and we have just a brief introduction to like all of our side characters, like Charles and like all, all, all of these little side characters. But just tell me about Anna. I love Anna. I love Anna so much. Um, I feel like Anna gives these boys a run for their money. The first thing she says at this ball, because James doesn't want to deal with it. And then Matthew is drinking. So Matthew's like, well, I can't be doing this shit alone. James, get your ass out here. I can't dance with everybody. So then you have Anna, who says, who comes in, finds the boys, you know, part of our merry thieves. And she's like, there are girls who need someone to dance with them and tell them they look pretty. And I can't do it all on my own. And the riz that that Anna has, uh, she, and it says it later in the book when she's at, um, oh, I can't think of the name right now, Hell Ruel. Um, she's like, I could seduce anybody anyone at any time and i have a rule if i don't seduce them more than once so like if i have to do it more than once this is my accomplishment or like you know this this is my my good deed for everybody and again later in the book she does and she's like my job's done now now y'all can leave because now this is this is going to be fun for me my time (laughs) yeah i i mean love Anna. And you know, Anna has grown so much since we last met. Uh, we like last had a story with her. Was it, it wasn't Shadow Hunt. Was it the gem? What's the gem one? The, the gem anthology. I can't think. Not the Bane Chronicles. Ghost of the Shadow Market. Ghost of the Shadow Market. That's when we last saw Anna. Yes. Yes. That's when we last saw Anna. And she was with Ariadne. And it was a whole club situation. And she was like I don't want to say insecure, but like she she was kind of closeted for a while because she she didn't. And by the end of Ghost of the Shadow Market, like she was out with her family. Her mom was like, let's get you shopping. Like, if you don't want these dresses, like, don't wear the dresses. And she is just so a cut like because there are certain I'll say boomer stereotypes in this book. You have Cordelia's mom who's like, "Mm, Anna, and everybody was like, whoa. Watch what you say about Anna, because she is one of the most prolific shadow hunters here. Snaps. Snaps for Anna. We just love her so much. What we don't love, what we don't love is when uh, James comes and he asks Daisy to dance. Daisy, our nickname for Cordelia. And they have this dance and he's he's like waltzing her around. They're flirting. They have instant chemistry. Like you feel it. Everybody can see, everybody can see it. It's palpitating. He's in the middle of saying like, what are you doing tomorrow? There's actually this picnic and bitch walk. I say bitch. That's not right. Grace walks in the room. Mm -hmm. Grace walks in. Dead in his tracks. Dead middle of the dance. Walks off. Cordelia's just left standing there in essentially a coming out party to Enclave London. And she's like... I can't break. I can't break. I can't break. This means so much because reputation, again, to refer back to what we were talking about, is so pivotal at this moment in time slash history and the circles. 
Yes. Yes. So what happens is that Matthew comes in and he swoops in and he saves her and he makes a quip like, oh, we're interchangeable. Like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, but he's like, I- I'm going to I'm gonna talk to James about this. This is that was fucked up. And Cordelia's like, yeah, it really was. And you know what? I'm going to fucking dress him down, too, because that was just some bullshit. Um, and that is when Matthew invites her to the lake. I love I love them. And I, you know what I also love? I love like, yeah, they're they're merry thieves. Yeah, like they're they're like they're bros together, but they'll also call each other out on their on like each other's like that was fucked up. And they're all having a problem with it. They were like, you know what? I didn't say something at first. And it's not just with this situation. It's just like throughout this book. But I'm going to say something now, you know, and I and I love that they hold each other accountable. Yeah, they really do. Uh, this is also when James, or no, this is also when Lucy sees Jesse, but she doesn't know that it's Jesse, and the reader doesn't know that it's Jesse. It's just like this guy, and she's like, oh my God, it's the guy, and he's dressed in like the same thing, and like my dad isn't talking to him, and that's fucking rude, and like, why isn't anybody? And Jesse, Jesse, sees her and is like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I think is what's going on in his head, and he's just like, shit. Shit. Because he's also like your dad, knowing what we know about the Herondales, like he kind of was familiar with it too. He's like, your dad didn't see me. And then you saw me, but I thought you could only see me because I was a kid because, you know, with Faye lore is some, you know, you can't, you could grow out of it, but it's, kids are known to see Faye and mythological creatures. Um, so he was kind of like in that realm, like, oh, she, she didn't grow out of it. But now what is weird is that she's the only one who can see me outside of my family. So what is it with her, her being Lucy? Yeah, he's like, you're an unusual girl when they're in the games room talking. And then when she's like, what? What just like, what is going on? He's like, wait, there is death here. Poof. And she's like, what the fuck? I love it. I love it. And the death is uh, the shadow realm that James slips into when he is dancing with Grace. And I like I like this. I, I do like how it is established very early, especially here, that James just doesn't know Grace at all. And, and he says like, oh, Cordelia, I don't really know Cordelia at all later on when he's like deeply under the spell. But here he doesn't really know Grace at all because he's looking around and he sees Grace talking to like Charles. Of course, like she throws that back in his face later. Not that you would notice, but he's like, gosh, she has no experience with like shadow hunter politics. Like she doesn't know how to like maneuver with all these powerful people. Like I should go save her from Charles. Meanwhile, and we get it with Matthew like later on, Grace knows exactly what she's doing. Like she is like, you know, laying the groundwork. She's like over here with Charles. She knows he's going to be the consul next. Like she is playing the game and James is like, I should protect her. It's like, you stupid boy. They're all stupid boys. This whole book I was like, stupid. This, this person needs to think. He's not thinking with the right head. Well, the boys will be boying <laughs> all my notes for these boys in this book. And we also have a speaking of boys. Uh, James is like, huh, Alistair and Thomas are talking. That's weird. Moving on. <laughs> I know. Like, so, cause, okay. Again, at this point, and off says the reader are also like, Hmm, what's going on? Because we know if we remember, because again, there's so many fucking characters. Alistair is the bully. Uh, like, why? And we know that t- the Merry Thieves literally left 
Shadowhunter Academy because James was getting kicked out and they were all for one, one for all. They all dipped. They got private tutored by Henry Fairchild. And they were like, this is so much more fun. And we learn more. And so, but again, we get their backstory with a flashback that Thomas and Alistair met up in Paris unintentionally. Like Thomas is on his, um, his Shadowhunter. Uh, what do we call it? The, why am I like, study abroad he was on his shadow hunter study abroad and they're like you're here you're here let's meet up and get our flirt on and they do and they do and alistair is actually there in paris with charles which is why he's late that one time when they go to the movie and it's that whole thing i didn't pick up on it till finally they were in one of their fights and they were like this is like what you know this is like what happened in paris, paris. i was like oh he was there because you don't find out that it was Charles and Alistair in Paris till after the Thomas and Alistair flashback. So when you got that, I was like, oh! Because Thomas is like, Alistair won't tell me where he's staying. He won't tell me why he's here, what he's doing. But like, he'll meet up with me. The drama. <laughs> the drama of it all. The drama of it all. The drama here is Barbara in the ballroom. Uh, James, see her gets grabbed by like a shadow root when he has slipped into the shadow realm. And that is when Barbara collapses, right? And then here is a very Pirates of the Caribbean moment where Cordelia is like, cut off her corset. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And Anne is like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Cut off her corset. Here's the dagger. That's our queen, Anna. God, we I love, love her. I love it. I, I like how she has the perfect knife to cut off a corset. I know. She like, just happens to have. It's like, go, Anna, go. Go, Anna. Go, Anna. And of course, um, Barbara is Thomas's sister. And she, you know, she's like, no, I'm fine. I just had a dizzy spell. I just had a dizzy spell, you know, whatever. Uh, James, though, uh, needs to, there, there's a healing rune that needs to be given, you know, it, that, that's what we have to do. And James is like, Cordelia, Cordelia, like, use my steely. It's in my pocket, but his hands are like this because he is still like dealing with the shadow realm. And this is when Cordelia, notices this and she's like this is fucking weird why is he asking me to do this and james's internal monologue is like this is fucking weird i wonder if she's wondering why <laughs> i'm asking her to do this it's just it's very funny it's it's just it's very funny it's very funny um and also while this is happening because the shadow hunters book there's a shit ton of stuff that happens there is a, a shax demon attack while this party is happening and that's what eventually like it breaks up the party. Patrols are are happening. You know, it is what it is. And then we have, we have Will and Tessa sexy time. Good for them. Good for them. I love them so much. They're wonderful. I love Will, that they love each other so, so much. They're so, okay. So uh, we know from the bonus, did you read the bonus story I at the end did. of this? I did. I was yeah. crying. I was, yeah. I was like, I broke. I broke. So we know at the end of this bonus story that Will and Tessa got married when Will was 19. So they've been married 20 plus years. So 19, 29, 39. He's around 40 ish here. He's so hot. So hot. So, and I mean, they talk about how he has like salt and pepper hair that people still like, people are still flirting. And Tessa's like, uh, hello. They were blatantly all up on you at our party. Like, it's not like we're new. It's not like people don't know we are the Herondales. And there's, and he's like, 
really didn't know. I only have eyes for you. Obsessed. 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 And uh, Tessa says, you know, his eyes are still a vibrant blue. Tessa, stop. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Because I spiraled. It. That was, I was in like this couple chapters and I texted Laura, Laura, usually with the Shadowhunters, if you haven't been following, I keep her up to date with like my reactions with, um, with certain books. Shadowhunters Chronicles are one of them. And I just spiraled. And this is why we keep things surface level because you just spiral really quickly <laughs> because everything's so connected. Yeah, especially when Will says, like, am I old and fretful? Because the narrator gives him an, a, a, a Welsh, like, or a Wales lilt. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Um, am I old and fretful? She's like, no, when you're 80, you'll still be my beautiful Will. Stop it. And then in the epilogue, they're talking about being old and hideous. And he's like, well, Tessa will never be old and hideous, but I will. I'll be old and hideous and die. I was like, oh, oh, it's a rough, it's a rough time out here. If you love Shadowhunters, ooh, ooh, it is, it is rough, it is rough, it is rough. Um, but you know, they they get their bang on, and God, we love them for it. We love them for it. We love them for it. Oh, and James, James is very unsettled. Uh, so while his parents bang, uh, he's up on the roof. He's, you know, he's up on the roof, and he lights his match. Uh, which is his beacon for Jem to come talk to him because he is just unsettled and he needs to talk about going to the shadow realm because Jem taught him how to control his triggers and his emotions and how to really not go there for a long time and how Jem explained that like universes are like a honeycomb. So he's like slipping into this one. It's a whole thing. Um, and also the warning that you could get stuck if you go there and you aren't like trained. Uh, so Jem, Jem, Jem does it. Jem, Jem loves James and we love that for all of them. Just so much, so much. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to smile. I just love I know. thinking about and talking about them. Uh, let's see. We have already talked about the scalding fever that, uh, James had after he was sent to Sarenworth Hall after he was kicked out of Shadowhunter Academy in 1900. Uh, that's when he and Lucy stay with Cordelia for an extended period of time and James gets sick. And this is when Cordelia reads to him, uh, the story of Majun and Layla. And they have the, the, these moments and like she lays down with him because he's freezing and like presses her body to him and they have these moments. And it's set and James has these recollections of Jasmine and wood smoke when he goes to bed for like years after he has this. Um, but again, he, he has, he's got this bracelet on at this point, like bracelets on, bracelets on. Um, so, so let's go, let's go to the party at the, let's go to the lake. Take me to the party at the lake. So we have now made it to the picnic day. Um, everybody's invited. Well, I say all the kids are invited. Um, and Cordelia is just trying to be like, hey, like, I'm going to be a, I'm a good guest. I'm new to the party. Like, I brought a bunch of stuff. Like, here's my fancy charcuterie with all the stuff that I know you like because Lucy gave me an in. And... <laughs> Um, it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, everybody shows up. Cordelia's there. She's kind of like hostess with the mostest. Anna shows up. Uh, Anna's just being herself. And, uh, James eventually shows up. And in front of everybody, Cordelia's like, you and I got to talk. And it's again, let's reinforce the fact that anytime 
two people of the opposite sex are alone together. People are chatting. So everybody's watching what's going to happen because they also know from, you know, the last interaction of all this stuff is James left her high and dry on the dance floor. So they are like, he's going to get it. And he does. And he, she makes him, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was a piece of shit. And she's like, you're right. You were a piece of shit. And he's like, I'm going to make it up to you. Um, I'm going to make it up to you, my Daisy. And she's like, fuck. Like every time he uses like that little nickname, he started calling me. Um, like he has no idea what that does to me. And he'll basically say yes to anything. And she does. And he's like, and I'm going to hold you to that. At this point, they're having their one-on-one, um, little chat. And who rolls up again? But Grace. And Grace is like, who's this bitch? And he's like, oh, this is Cordelia. Because boys be boying doesn't get the fact. He's like, oh, this is harmless. And doesn't see that Grace is threatened. She doesn't like her. She knows that uh, deep down without the bracelet um, that James is in love with Cordelia. And he's like, oh, this is Cordelia. She's like, oh, yeah. And already Cordelia and Grace. they know each other. They see they see each other for what they are. So <laughs> she's like, I'm going to go. Bye. And goes back with all the friends. And Grace is, Grace is like, what's good, James? And James is like, hey, come here with my friends. Remember that time you really wanted to meet them all? Like, I want you to meet them. And she's like, mm, no. Yeah. And also, uh, when James and Cordelia are talking, Cordelia's like, just tell me flat out, what the fuck is going on with you and Grace? I just love Cordelia. She's also like, don't you daisy me, but daisy me, please. But don't. <laughs> but don't. Oh, um, she's like, you humiliated me. You did all of these things. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't think about these things. And I should have. I should have thought about you. And I, and I do like that. And the bigger implications. And I like yeah. that it wasn't just like this hurt my feeling, but this is so much bigger than bigger. What, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what this could have meant. I just came here and I like she's she's really good about that. Ah, she's she's so, so good. good. She's good. But then to her again, to her fucking face, James is like, I would die for grace. We have an understanding. <laughs> we have an understanding. We have a secret love. And, and Cordelia is just like, fuck, dude. All right. Like. All right. Damn. Okay. Like I, she, and she assumed it from the night of the dance. Like she was the girl from out of town they were talking about. And everybody else was like, oh, Cordelia wasn't the girl from out of town. It's they like, were oh. talking I also like this mention though, because Jess, you brought it up when Grace and James are talking after Cordelia leaves and Cordelia and Grace is like, so tell me about Cordelia. You know, you told me about like the time with the daisies and. The fields, you saved her and how the nickname you, and the reading, you told me about all of this. And James is like, I did? Like, I don't really know her that well, though. But did he forget? Okay, now that we're talking it out, did he forget because of the bracelet? Because the bracelet's just like, grace, 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 grace. Yeah, it suppresses everything that has to do with Cordelia. <gasps> So then, like, when... Because obviously we know later in the book, and if you're listening, you probably realize this is a spoiler episode, when, like, all the little things pop up, it's the 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 love and the memory coming like despite it's like Dorian in the vault and yeah. he's like I'll plead whatever hell are you tell me to 
Yeah, because okay. it's, that's really echoed right here, though, too, because Grace is like, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me before the demon attack. And the kiss is like being uh, stuck with needles and tastes like ash. Right. And he thinks it's OK because his dad was like, oh, love is supposed to hurt. And he's like, I guess it's supposed to be like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's such a stupid boy. He's such a stupid boy. <laughs> but he is a good shadow hunter because, like, the weather starts to change. Like, things are coming in. Like, Lucy, everybody's at the picnic and is like, yo, yo, what is going on? Attack. It's day. But, like, this isn't supposed to happen. But what is happening? And even, but Lucy's just as good because the first thing she picks up on it, too, because again, they're like, a, uh, James and Grace are at one side of the picnic field, I guess. And like everybody else is like doing the picnic thing on another. And the first thing Lucy says goes, do you have Cortana on you? And and uh, Cordelia is like, yeah, it's, it's under the picnic blanket. Like I don't leave home without it. Yeah, she's like, I got it. I got it. And then uh, this is where Ariadne is hurt, right? Like um, Barbara, all, like all of these things happen. Um, uh, what Oh, Piers Wentworth, all of these things. All of these people are attacked here, and it, it's such a big deal. Like, there's mundanes here. It's daylight. The weather changed. Like, what is happening? So everybody goes to the infirmary. Christopher takes Grace home. And here is where we have our first time that Jem and Cordelia... No, I'm sorry. This is where we have the first time that Jem is in the music room, and he talks to James. And he's just like, hey, got your message. The fuck, my guy? The fuck? What's going on? Like, what? And and James is like, well, I went to the shadow realm, right? Like, and like Barbara and like, oh, like, what do I do? What, what is going on? And Jem is like, okay, okay, we're going to figure it out. I'm going to do some digging. I, I'm going to see what is going on. I will get back to you, but like, chill, just chill a little bit. Also, like violin in my music room. Hey, hey. Hmm. Hey, hey, it's, it's just really nice. Um, but it is after this where James has a terrible idea where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go investigate the Shadow Realm because that's that's perfect. That's perfect, right? Like stupid, stupid boys, stupid boys. So they go into the ballroom, seal it up, and Matthew starts like berating James because he doesn't know how to go into the Shadow Realm. And Matthew starts going up to him and making him feel bad. Like, you're a demon. Go to the Shadow Realm. You belong there. Like, you're horrible. And it upsets him so much that he does. And it's not like he said it on, on purpose. He didn't think all the things because immediately Matthew's like, oh, you know, wait, like, you know, I don't mean this. I was just trying to get you emotional about it. And you just like reading it. But I was going to say seeing it. And you just you you see his face fall like, wait, my best friend, my pair was high, really thinks these things about me. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. So Crap. Wrong. I can't pull you out because you literally just went there. Yeah, it's just like a circle we're going in right now. So while the boys are locked in the ballroom going into the shadow realm, Jeb and Cordelia are talking about like her father and the trial and the mortal sword and all of this stuff. And then after that, Lucy's like, hey, you want to go on an adventure? You want to go on an adventure to Chiswick House? Like, let's go. Let's go. Uh, because she's like, uh, you know, Jessamine. Jessamine told me that, you know, um, we should go to Chiswick House. Apparently the ghosts talk. Meanwhile, she was going to say Jesse, as in Jesse Blackthorne. And she was like, what's another ghost with that similar name? Yeah, it's like, like Jessie Min. Jessamine. 
It's like, hmm, hmm. Uh, but they, but they do. So Lucy and Cordelia, they go to Blackthorn Manor, and uh, Cordelia is there to like distract, right? So she's like knocking on the door, and she's like, "Hey, Grace, <laughs> you're new. I'm new. What's we up? really only have like the same person in common." While we're yeah. being here, like, I totally understand your struggles. Like, she's trying to be a girl's girl, but she's really just trying to help Lucy out. And <laughs> Grace is like, no, you don't understand my struggle. Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah, okay, thanks, bye, bitch. Get out of here. And Cordelia's <laughs> like, well, fuck. All right. Um, I'm going to go and wander into the greenhouse because, like, I see, I hear, I see. Let's go into the greenhouse. There's, like, a light there or whatever. And while she's in the greenhouse, she is attacked by all of Tatiana's Cerberus demons. And she's, like, she's really, like, you know, it's it's not good. It's not looking good. And then out of fucking nowhere comes James because James while in the shadow realm followed a bright light to the greenhouse and there there was a portal situation there and he followed it to Cordelia who needed his help like Amy come on Grace you don't st- you don't stand a chance but you'll put up a fight when you first read that did you think she was going she did you think Cordelia was going to be saved by will uh, by James I thought it was going to be Lucy. That's why I asked. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Lucy, too. I thought, or Jesse. I uh-huh. was like, oh, all right. All right. We're going into plot. Perfect. Perfect. Like, that's great. That's great. Uh, and, and I like here how James has his knives, right? He's like, bam, bam, bam with his knives. We love it. We love it. Uh, meanwhile, Lucy's climbing through the house. She's calling out for Jesse. <laughs> She's like asking him what he's doing. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Has no idea all this shit is going down. Cordelia's being attacked. Her brother's in the Shadowland, Shadow Realm, whatever you want to call it. She's just like, I have a tunnel vision of what I need to, I have a mission that I need to accomplish. Yeah. So she's just like, Jesse, what the fuck, my guy? He's like, what? I, I'm 17, but I'm also 23 because I've been preserved this whole time. Like, it's been a secret. Like, you know, uh, I, I was sick and I died. Like, you know, is this really life? It's like a half life. They have all of these philosophical conversations while Cordelia is getting her ass kicked in the greenhouse, <laughs> which is just so funny. Which which is so funny. Um, so when James saves her, um, he has like dust or whatever that he brought back with him from the Shadow Realm. But Will and the entire Enclave show up. And I just love this so much because Lucy <laughs> and Cordelia are like, peace out. And James gets in so much trouble for like burning down Tatiana's green house. <laughs> James is a menace. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so, so like later on the next morning when it's Charles, Will, and James and they're meeting and Will is, Will is just like, first of all, can't take James seriously because, or can't take Charles seriously because he like grew, watched him grow up. And secondly, it's like, why are we so on this? Like there are demons attacking. Like why the fuck do you give a fuck about somebody burning down abandoned outbuildings, Charles? <laughs> like, well, and I, and I like that. I mean, this is t- later, like towards the end of the book. Charles is very high and mighty of himself because his mom, his mom is Charlotte Fairchild. She is, she's the head of the council. She's, you know, she's overseeing everything. Um, and, 
she, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, so I won't say that. Um, but you have Will, who's like, can we just spank him instead? He's so young. He's like a, he's a child. He needs to, you know who he's kind of like? He's like Percy. Yeah. In here. Like he thinks he's, you're, you think you are something special right now. Yeah, and you, and you are not. You are not. Uh, but they do. They give him, like, leniency or whatever. They're just like, like, watch your ass. Watch your ass. And James is like, all right, all right, fine, all right, fine. So he goes to, uh, Ma- I believe it's, like, Matthew's house. He gives him the dirt. He gives Henry the dirt. And he's like, uh, you know, I think that I am completely in love with Grace and none of you noticed. And all his friends are like, yeah, we didn't notice. None of us fucking noticed. Like, it's weird. It's weird. We're all weirded out by it. Like, what is going on? And that is when he gets a letter and Grace is like, meet me at 10 o'clock. I'm in danger. And then he's like, can you cover for me, guys? And they're like, fuck, like, fine. But you got to tell us more. Yeah. It's like, like, come on, come on. Like, you got to give us more details. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Meanwhile, because so much happens here, um, Cordelia is going to Anna's. Cordelia is going yes. for Tia Anna's. And we fucking love this. We love it. And this is, again, like, Cordelia's mom is like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, I'm going to Anna's. Like, we're going to hang. We're going for tea. Her brother comes to her defense. She's like, again, Anna is somebody we want to be associated with. Like, you and your boomer ways need to chill. Um, And Anna's like, I want the tea. That is why you're here. Um, I want to know if you can hold your own because I see the the way all all these all the little merry thieves are looking at you. And she's like, so are you going to be their muse? And she's like, I don't want to be a fucking muse. I want to be a hero. I want to be a warrior. And, you know, Anna was like, this is so hot right now. She's like, all right, all right, bet, bet, bet. And of course, we got girls weeping outside of Anna's stoop because Anna is just a queen. And, uh, you know, her apartment is amazing. She's got Percy the snakes talking about Percy's. But Matthew shows up and he's like, what are you doing here, Cordelia? And Anna's like, we are going out. We're going out. He's like, perfect. I needed somebody to go out with. So let's rally. Yeah, let's go. So they go to the Hell Ruel and we just we just love the Hell Ruel because we see Malcolm fade, we see Lily, we've got Hypatia Vex. Like we love this. I love it so much. This is like their Hotel Dumont. It is. Or it like is. pandemonium or something. It's just it's just so fun, it's right? It's so many things. <laughs> it's it's so many things. Like we have mentions of Ragnar Fell, like because this is the mermaid poisoning scene. So essentially essentially here is the introduction of the Heruel and like Downwilders, everybody's a vibe. We get we get everything. Matthew is a regular here and he's drinking a lot. That's kind of what it is here. Uh Ma- Malcolm Fade, no blackthorn blood in you, Cordelia. Just check in, just check in. Fuck you. Fuck you, Malcolm. We will see you in 200 years. Yeah, over like, what is this? Like 100 and, I was going to say 150 years earlier, but it's like 115 years earlier. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Um, But all of this is to uh, Hypatia Vex. Her inner circle situation is where everybody ends up. And Arabelle, the mermaid, ends up poisoning all of the warlocks and Cordelia saves them. So Hypatia owes them a favor so they are going to, Hypatia is going to contact Ragnar because Ragnar is the expert in dimensional magic and dimensional magic is how the demons that attacked them in the park were able to attack them in daylight. The plot's complicated, but it's there. I feel like everything is like, ooh, this is plot. It's either like plot or 
Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, plotter Easter egg. And again, here's another thing. Like, oh, yeah, like we all thought it was really fucking weird that there weren't a lot of demons in London. But like somebody powerful is saying stay out of London. Like, hmm, I wonder. I wonder. It's also here where... Uh, Cordelia kind of petitions Matthew to write to Charlotte on her behalf to kind of see what is going on with Elias and his trial. So there is that. She's she's trying to use every like talk about somebody who I don't want to say she she is persistent. She wants to know like right now at this point for what we don't know we it feels like elias is being used as a scapegoat for the clave whatever is happening he is a scapegoat for something because he also doesn't have a recollection of what's going on and it's like well if he doesn't have a recollection he must have done it and cordelia is trying to find a way to like save her family's name save her dad's name she's daddy's little girl and like her mind right now um and also kind of get herself out of this whole like i have to marry and save my family because if her dad is acquitted in a way then like she's off the hook too yes absolutely yes so while all that is happening <laughs> uh we have lucy lucy thomas and christopher go to anna's to try to see where everybody is to go intercept them at the meeting of Grace and James. While they're there, they run into Alistair, who had just come from Charles, and Matthew, Cordelia, and Anna. So minus Anna, everybody goes to the River Thames to intercept this meeting between Grace and James. And it is this fucking meeting where it's just like, Grace, it, it's the test, right? It's where Grace tests James. And James is like, no, no. How about no? Because, and I do also like the kind of dismissiveness that James has because the note says like, I'm in danger. And when they get to the bridge and they meet, Grace is like, yeah, Tatiana's going to take me back to Idris and I'm going to be completely isolated. And James is like, yeah, that would be danger to you. I thought this was like, SOS. <sighs> Yeah, he was, he's definitely exasperated at this point with her. Yeah, he was just like, oh, all right, all right, fine. Everything feels like he, un but then again, this is like where we were at by the end of this book, where we were like, we see where she, Grace, is coming from. But also in Shadowhunter world, not so much. But again, even though. Grace is a shadow hunter. She was never raised as a shadow hunter. And she even says, you know, when she kind of gives Will and uh, James an ultimatum later in the book, she's like, I, I live a mundane life. So this, it doesn't, like me saying, I don't want to be a shadow hunter or deal with shadow hunters anymore. That's not far-fetched from my life right now. Well, and later in the book, you can say that now because she's like, yo, marry me. Marry me right now. Let's run away. Let's strip our marks. Oh, this is the part. I cannot this remember it. if it was yeah. now or in the future. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's live as mundanes. Like, you don't understand. Like, I don't give a single shit about this. Like, if you love me, let's go. If you love me enough, fucking prove it and let's go. And James is like, no, no. And great. And this is where you really get an inkling that like there's something going on with Grace. She's like, 
screw you. Like you forgot about me. Any man would do this. Any man would do this. You are made of different stuff, James Herondale, than other men because anyone else would marry me. Which was already tapping into an insecurity of his because what we know from the shadow, like Tales from a Shadow Hunters Academy, that was something that people kind of held over his head for so long. I mean, his mom was a downworlder technically because she's a warlock and warlocks aren't supposed to have kids, even though like she's with a shadow. Like there's, it's all this stuff that he has heard his entire life. And it took him the last seven years, especially being removed from those toxic environments of school that he was like, you know what? People are going to talk shit, but I also know who I am. I know the people I surround myself with. And I know that that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also here, too, when this demon attack happens. And, like, Grace doesn't fight. She's never been trained to fight. She's just, like, sitting there, like, holding the thing and, uh, like, a a knife. And everybody else is is fighting because the Cerberus demons, as we learn, reproduced and are bonded to the Lightwood Tatiana's family to protect them. They're left over from... Lightwood? No, Blackthorn. No. Light, they were Benedicts. Oh, sorry. That you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, they were Benedicts. Um, so, so they're there to protect uh, Tatiana. You know the, yeah. that all of that, all of that. During it is during this battle that the demon that they are fighting, the service demon, speaks to James. He says, "Like Herondale boy, like why are you destroying your own kinds? Like we who worship your grandfather, like." Why are you doing this? And James is like, get the fuck out of here. If you worship my grandfather, then respect his blood. Respect me in his name. Fuck off. And the demon's like, all right, all right. I will go in the name of hell's most cunning prince. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, But don't talk about this. Don't tell anybody. Bang, bang. Here's our here's another like secret. Don't talk about it. Or I'm going to come and like murder your whole family. Here's my question when that happened. How would, how would they know? This isn't, this isn't, you know, 2023. We're not sending out, you know, something on socials. Like, <laughs> how would they know? How would they know? I don't know. I don't know. You know, shit like that always seems to come back around. So who can say? Who can say? Uh, it is after, and this is also where Tatiana, like, comes in her little, like, skeletal trap or whatever and uh is is to to james james is like let's all sit down and like hammer this out like fucking adults and tatiana's like get fucked i will ruin grace's life if i have to like you you, we you know what stay away from her stay away from her and this is where grace is like no james don't write me no we need some time apart we need time apart yeah 24 (laughs) hours because 24 hours later, she's engaged to Charles Fairchild. Yeah, yeah. Who is overseeing the council right now because Charlotte is stuck in Idris because there's kind of like a quarantine going on with all the demon attacks um, that nobody is in and out of London. Nobody is in and out of Idris. Everybody is just at a... Everybody in the Shadow Hunter world um, is at just like a dead halt and needs to stay where their ass is right now. Yep. We have a little bit of after talk with Thomas and his tattoo. We have a Magnus mention. Uh, but then we get... We get 12 p.m., 12 midnight, 12 midnight, a little bit intoxicated Will singing in Welsh to Ragnar Fell, who has been sitting there for hours. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. So the kids walk in thinking they're sneaking in. They're like, ah, oh, crap. Dad's singing. He's in a good mood. He's Shit. in a good mood. He's going to bring us in. We're going to hear like all these like back when I was young stories. They are not here for it. And Ragnar's already like, I have been at this for hours sitting here and your father telling me about like, like Welsh and whale, like stories from Wales. Yeah. Oh my God. And then he's like, Oh God, it's Christopher Lightwood. Secure the valuables. Where's the fire extinguisher? He'll burn the house down. It's like, Professor Fell, nice to see you. He's like, Get away from me. I love it so oh, much. I also love where Ragnar, like, you know, Will and Tess are in a good mood, but they were like, kind of beckoned away for a hot second so ragnar is just like looking over his shoulder like waiting till they leave the room and ragnar's like listen here you little fuckers (laughs) i got shit i gotta put i heard you've been doing some (laughs) he's like yeah he's like all right little shit here's what's gonna happen you are children and you cannot get in trouble with the clave if you investigate this you know emmanuel gast Here's a little name for you. Here's Emmanuel Gast. Your babies, you won't get in trouble if you do this. I am going to Capri. Fuck off, all of you. I don't want anything to do with this. Like, here's a name. <laughs> Leave me out of it. You and Magnus and all. I'm done. I just love him. <laughs> I love, I love I Ragnar's love these so characters. Much. Like, I just, it's just so good. I miss them so much. I don't want it to end. Well, it ended for Barbara, who died just right now. <laughs> that is the person I was asking about because I was like, who, what's her relation? Who is her brother? What is it? She dies. Yeah, <laughs> so she dies. That was the wrong thing to focus on. But, you know, Barbara dies, but we get all of this other, like, plot, right? Because... um you know, Charles, we have Charles, we have Alistair, we have this temporary engagement. We have Ariadne. We have all of this stuff because, um, Charles. So, okay. So what, so what happens then? Uh, Cordelia goes home and Charles comes to see Alistair to tell him that Barbara had died. And it is here where it's, uh, Cordelia is like, huh, well, you know, it's a temporary engagement. Like, you know, Ariadne's different. You know, I went to see you today. Where were you? I love you. Uh, you know, you can't say that you love me, Charles. This is all in uh, Alistair's house with Cordelia, like, sneaking around and, like, looking. Alistair is like, no, Charles, I'm never going to get married. I will never deceive a woman like this. Like, you have Ariadne who's in love with someone else and prefers women. But, like, I'm not going to find – that's like a one in a million. I won't find someone like that. I'm never going to put someone through them like that. And this is where Charles is like, don't you understand that everything that I do, I am doing for us and that I love you? And Alistair is like, actually, no. Actually, actually, no. I don't see that at all. At all. You know what I love? Cord- and Cordelia is overhearing this. And let's, I think we should note that this is the part, the only reason Cordelia is overhearing is because right before Charles came over, she was like, please, Alistair, you cannot tell anybody. Like, and he's like, I won't, I won't, I won't. And Charles comes over and she 
has a she has a weird feeling about Charles because if the Mary thieves don't trust him, she's like, there's something off about this guy. So now she's like, he's going to. Why is he here? Why is he talking to my brother? I need to make sure he doesn't tell him what he promised he wasn't going like the secrets that I shared with him. And if he does, I want to get ahead of it so I can catch my friends up. So then she's hearing every, all the like all these declarations of love. She's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be hearing this. But she is such a fierce sister because despite it all, she's like, I this is not my information, but I know my brother's hurting. And that, you yeah. know, what? everything else aside, that's what I'm going to get pissed at him about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Cordelia is so good about it, too. She's just like, I should not fucking be here. Like, this is his personal life. Like, and damn it. Start hooking up like goodbye yeah. hookup. And she's like, ooh, I damn it. Should, be should it be here? Should it be here? It, it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, James deals with stress by researching princes of hell because like the demon is like in your grandfather's name, you know, this prince. So we have our princes of hell. I wrote them down. Samael, Azazel, Belial, uh, Mammon, Asterion, Asmodeus, Belphador, Leviathan, and Lucifer. And they all are, uh, have their own realms. It felt like, it felt like I was in an, an episode of Supernatural in, in chapter yeah. 11 right there. <laughs> Absolutely. It really did. It was like, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> and then, uh, Jem, this is where, like, Jem and James are talking and Jem's like, look, like, let it go. You're the light of my life. Like, there's only four flames that, that can touch me. You're one of them. And James is like, mm, yeah, but I still have to know. I still have to know. And this is where Jem is like, fine, fine. I'll call Magnus. Like, I'll call Magnus. It's fine. Like, all right, all right. But like, let it go until I come back to you with this information. Like, let it go. Let it go. And and James is like, mm. well, what I'm has go. James let anything go? That is what I'm learning from book one of the last hours well he yeah he's like you know what fine i'm gonna keep myself busy and i'm gonna go get cordelia and we are all gonna go meet up at emmanuel gasts and we are going to give lucy the fright of her life poor girl poor girl poor girl poor girl also matthew is drunk here i do think that's important to mention uh, he does fall trying to go up the building and he does blame it like on his new boots and things but he's he's very drunk here and uh, it is just it just gets worse. It, and, you know, I think Ragnar picks up on these things, too. Or no, I'm sorry. Lucy does, because like in the previous chapter, you have Ragnar's like, oh, how's your mom doing? Not. And he like goes to pour a drink for himself immediately because that's tied in to what we know from the shad ghost of a shadow market. Ghost of a shadow market. Um from Matthew and the poison and Charlotte's miscarriage. And Matthew has never told anyone about that. So, so it is we're just sitting with him. And everybody, and even um, James picks up on this. Not necessarily, he's like, something's there. He's something that he won't even share with me. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know how to help him. Yeah. And it's so sad. Of course, we, the reader, knows what it is. Uh, everybody has concluded that the demons are there to spread infection. They're not there to kill because there's like these random attacks and they're just like getting like scratching people and then like fucking off. So it's like, hmm, somebody is controlling them. Hmm, what could that be? What could that be? All good stuff. Uh, there's there's mentions of pixuses. There's all of those wooden shards with alchemical symbols. 
Did you know immediately what that was? Or? When I said the Pixis box, I think I sent you a crying emoji because I knew the immediate connection with Will and why he ran away and his dad and the Pixis demon. But we also knew from like one of the other anthologies, I can't remember off the top of my head, where they also brought a Pixis demon for like the kid, like I say the kids, for James and Lucy to like practice their shadow hunter skills when they were younger. Like it was in the, maybe it was in Shadowhunters Academy because they were like stalking, they were like, like finding Jack the Ripper and killing him. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's such it's such good stuff. Lucy, though, as long as we're talking about Lucy, Lucy has a power, and that power rears its head here. I think, uh, really, for the first time that she notices it, because Lucy's like everybody's looking around the apartment, and Lucy's like, "I'm gonna go in this door," and she walks in this door, and there's a body there. And all of a sudden, she's talking to the ghost of Emmanuel Gast, and she's asking questions. And he's like, mm, I don't want to answer you, but I have to. I, he's like, how are you doing this? What are you? This monstrous power. Like, what, what the absolute shit are you making me answer? But we get some plot. We still don't know at the end of this book, though, right? Like, I'm not going right. crazy. Okay. Right. We don't, we can, we can guess that it has to do with her, like, uh, you know, Tessa's, you know, grandfather demon connection, but we have no idea at all. Okay. We can just speculate. Um, but Gast here tells us that someone paid him to raise a death dealer that will only kill shadow hunters. And he captured it as a gift for his hiring person. And that person came to him masked and cloaked. He had no idea who it was. And that is that. And, and Lucy's like, get out of here, go. And he's like, fuck fucking off and he goes and it is also a quiet moment here and Jess I know that you picked up on this from reading your notes but Lucy's very shaken by this and it's here where Matthew gives her his coat and he like buttons it up like it's the most important thing that he's ever done and he just takes extra care with Lucy and of course Lucy has no feelings for Matthew and that's discussed later but it's a, that's just like a little quiet moment that I assume gets overlooked, but I, I, I saw. I like, I feel like you, I, and I, again, this is, I, I've speculated a lot with my notes. There's moments he has with Lucy. There's moments he has with Cordelia. And no matter which way, or it, it could be a love, it could be platonic, it could be romantic, whatever is happening, you don't necessarily know because there's also knowing that Matthew is James's parabatai. It could be, said like well of course he's going to be like this like like even when they were fighting the demons and grace had, doesn't know how to fight a bone in her body so james was staying with her he was looking to see where lucy and cordelia were and they're fighting they're soon to be parabatai they are trained but matthew is also like shielding them like a third lookout to make sure nobody was attacking them also so so I love Matthew. That is that I will say. Do we do we love James? Yes, but he's also being a stupid, stupid boy. So I'm not loving him right now. Who I do love, Matthew, right away. Yeah. He's, and he's a flirt. He he's the best friend. I always like the best. Friend. He's wonderful. Speaking of wonderful, is the tradition of stealing carriages, and <laughs> it was so good. And that that's just like that that is amazing. So after after this Emmanuel Gast ex you know excursion, everybody goes back to the institute, and Will and Tessa are just like you took the fucking carriage. Like we gotta like we gotta go places. And James and Lucy are like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> well, you know what? And it's like 
it's an ongoing joke at this point because at one point, and this isn't the first occasion that something has happened where Will, where James says, well, dad, when you were my age and Will's like, I'm really not liking you constantly throwing the shit in my face of how when I was a kid, you were doing way worse than I was, dad. It's just so amazing. That's why we love Will and Tessa. But Cordelia comes through in this part, too. She's like, they're, they're so quick to go to lose, like, oh, my God, Lucy and James, like, what are you doing? Like, we have places to go, people to see. Like, we need this specific carriage because it's protected with the runes. And it's very, like, there's, like, specifics that go with Shadowhunter carriages. And Cordelia's like, hey, guys, like, thanks so much for letting them. And she's in her, and she's in her gear. Thanks for letting them pick me up. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you don't want me roaming the streets around. I'm just a little girl. And I'm a car stairs. And this, I mean... Cordelia has Will wrapped around his finger. Lucy knows this. James knows this. Tessa, they're all like, just because she has the last name Carstairs, Will. And he's like, whatever. Like, you don't know what y'all are talking about. But whatever you need, Cordelia, you are just the best thing that's ever happened to this family. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We have a high level meeting with Charles that I can't take seriously. Uh, maybe I'll spank him. And Matthew's like, yes, please spank him. Please, 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 please. And so they leave. And then meanwhile, uh, everybody is questioning Jessamine. Like, Jessamine can ghosts lie? Like, what's going on? Um, necromancy. You can control ghosts with necromancy. Mm, okay. Okay. And while they're having this conversation, Charles's carriage rolls up and Tatiana had been attacked. So Tatiana and Grace go to the infirmary. And this is where Ta- our Grace and um uh Grace and James have it out and like break up more or less, which is just like I I okay. I know that Grace is a very like divisive character. I have a lot of feelings about Grace, but I really like that Grace is just like, you know what? I'm marrying Charles. I have things to do. My mom is fucking unconscious. I got to make moves while I can. And I'm making these moves. And, and then, of course, like she throws it in his face. She's like, I asked you. I asked you first. You said no. I went to plan B. I, my moves are being you made. You had your chance kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, what is going on? <laughs> and, and then this is the best part. She's like, give me my bracelet. Give me my bracelet. I imagine that her plan was then to give that bracelet to Charles. That is what I was thinking, but she never did. Um, I think then... But how would that make sense? Because I thought the bracelet was to be with Belial. And then the Belial connection... Like, Belial isn't Charles's grandfather. I know. I'm saying that she never gave it to Charles. So I'm thinking, like, she... She She had, like, a different plan? I'm thinking that she doesn't know all of Tatiana's plans. So she, so she just thought it was like a love, you know, like a love charm and not a like needs to bind him so that like Belial can come in and like do this whole thing. Um, so when she takes it off of him, I had assumed that she would give it to Charles to lock him in and to make him fight for her as fiance when Tatiana woke up. Okay. That was my feeling. Of course, that's not the case. Uh, that's not the case at all. Um, but James being free of this bracelet, uh, flees and is, uh, goes through just like a transformation and he becomes a different person from here until he gets it snapped back on him. Um, it's also here where Lucy and Matthew have a little conversation about like, 
like he's not really a boy like he's just Matthew he's getting friend zoned by Lucy and he's just like getting a one two punch he's like I'm not sure I should leave you alone with a man and Lucy's like pish posh he's not a man like Matthew and Matthew's like hello right here <laughs> And then yeah. she's like, but you're like a brother to me. And he's fl- he like he flinched, visibly fl- flinched. And she's like, I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that. <laughs> yep. And and he's and he's drunk at that point too, which is which is important for later on. Uh it's here where Cordelia and Anna go to see Ariadne and Anna has a very quiet moment with Ariadne being like, you know, I'll protect you. We'll solve this, you know, because she still loves her. And this is also where she's like, Charles broke up with her and like, and he's going to marry Grace now. So I have a question that kind of goes back to this like love bracelet or what we're assuming at this point. Um, at this point, Grace is like, I'm going to get this new man. And then she's just like, why is he so, why is James so upset with me? And math, uh, uh, math, because they call him math too. Matthew is also like, you dumb bitch. Like, he's in love with you. You disregard him. Like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. And who who, who gives you the right to be upset about him now it, that's not your place. And I'm his parabatai. I care about him more than you ever will kind of thing. But then she puts a spell compulsion. And next thing you know, Matthew is like, oh, my God, all I want is to kiss this woman. She lures him in. They make out for a hot second. And she's like, now if you say anything to James, I'm going to tell him that you made out with me. And this is just like a huge thing. My question is... What is that? Because she didn't put the bracelet on him. That's answered later on in <sighs> the books. That's answered later on in the books. Um, but again, she's saying like, uh, I'm doing what I have to do. And then she, and J- Matthew's like, well, do you don't have any feelings for James? And she's like, feelings. All anyone ever talks about is fucking feelings. I'm trying to secure my goddamn future. I have to do what I must. I don't feel tenderness for nobody. Like, like Grace at this point is like a cold OG here. Like, she's cold as hell. And mm. it's not even about securing the bag. She's just trying to get away from her toxic and abusive mother. Yeah, in any way that she can at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, the blackmailing, not awesome. All of this is like not awesome. But again, Grace, like very complicated, very complicated. Uh, James goes to Blackfire's Bridge because Blackfire's Bridge has a deep meaning in the Herondale family. On that England trip that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I also went to Blackfire's Bridge and there is a picture of me. Is that the one you're doing the selfie where you're just like, look where I am? No, no, there's actually one of me. Uh, I was standing next to the plaque that says Blackfire's Bridge. Oh, oh, it's mm-hmm. like a nighttime photo, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, okay. it's a no, nighttime yeah. photo because I got off at the train stop there. And so James is sitting on Blackfire's Bridge. Would not recommend that now. But uh, back then, I'm sure it was lovely. Uh, Matthew finds him there. And that's where they have the conversation just that you alluded to earlier of like, uh, you know, give me this burden that you're telling me. Like, you can you can tell me. Like, Matthew, I know that you've lost your faith. Like, you can tell me your burden. And he he doesn't. He's like, you know, I just thought my life would be one thing and it's not is as far as he gets uh, with that confession, which is just, like, so sad. I just always feel so bad for Matthew. Oh, but we also have... Uh, we also have the memory of... Um of of Matthew talking about Magnus. Ducks embrace me as your king. 
It's like you had one chance to make a good impression on Magnus Bane for all of us and you ruin it. I love it. It's just so good. Well, and this is just like, I think we had an episode. It was probably one of our Shadowhunters episodes or even like a Holly Black one where we were like, Easter eggs, like bitches love Easter eggs and we are bitches. (laughs) Like all the references between the demon pox songs and the ducks. I mean, even there was like a, like a spot on the ceiling at one point and James is like, that looks like a duck. I really shouldn't tell my dad about that. He'd lose his shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, no, I can't. I can't even mention it. Um, But James is still feeling the after effects of this enchantment coming off of him. And Matthew is like, hey, you want to get drunk? And Matthew is drinking, like, terrible, terrible gin. And um, James has one sip and, like, falls off the wall and and wakes up at the Institute. Matthew's like, I told your parents you were just a huge lightweight. (laughs) They were disappointed. That was the best part. They were like, our son really, really... (laughs) Great. Great. But, and, but, you know, and it's it's funny, not funny, haha, but you know the backstory with the parents at this, or depending on the order you read it in, if you've read the Infertile Devices by this point, you know um, when Will would not be sober, he was dealing with some heavy shit. So you flash back to the ducks embrace me as your king or whenever they know that James isn't the most sober person they're like he's dealing with something unless he's with all the guys then he's like oh he's having fun with the boys because it's a good group of friends if you have if you have sometimes if we're fortunate you have a group of friends that your parents love that your parents will love you could be out till all hours of the day and that that friend is the most perfect friend in your friend in your parents' eyes. And that's how this group is. They can do no wrong. And they can do no wrong. And they're all like, you know, high member, high ranking kids. You know, we love that. We love that so much. Speaking of, Grace is going to go live with the pounce, pounce bees. And James is feeling light and happy. And Matthew wakes him up and he's like, hey, what's going on? Like, let's start the day. How do you feel? And James is like, fucking rad. I feel rad. And it's also here where Matthew intercepts the letter that his mother has written and is like, hey, James, go give this to Cordelia. She's in the training room. Go give this to Cordelia. And James is like, I need socks, Cordelia. And and um, <laughs> I'm just going to use that as the excuse. <laughs> yeah, I forgot my socks. And he goes and gives the letter to Cordelia, who reads it. And she learns like her her dad has no memory of the battle because he was drunk. We know this. We know this. Um But James starts to have these memories again. Every time he sees Cordelia, he has memories. And this memory is of the fever and he dismisses it. He's like, God, though, she's fucking gorgeous. It's like, yeah, James. Yeah, she is. Dummy. Big dumb dumb. Yeah, whatever. Uh, But they all end up at the devil and they decide. They decide um, that the box was a Pixis. That the box was a Pixis and that the demon is a manticore, right? Because Cordelia is just like, oh, wait a minute. In Persian. And she just starts spitting facts. She's spitting facts about the manticore. And they're like, oh, good to know. 
And then when they do see this manticore, it was like, oh, she was right. No, she's totally right. She's totally <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, the manticore, the great poisoner. He splits himself into little pieces, you know, whatever. We Let's go trap him in a pixis, just like Emmanuel Gass did. He lives in like in between places on a bridge. How are we going to get a pixis? Oh, there's a pixis in the Hell Ruel in Hypatia Vex's room. How are we going to get that? Anna! Anna. <laughs> Anna. And I love... Which I'm upset. She's, like, dedicated to the bit. I absolutely love it. I, I love it so much, too, because um, Anna has, like, a little book of conquests, right? And she, like, Good goes through her. and she's, like, going through. And uh, she's like, all right, fine. Fine. I will do this. James is like, are you sure? Are you sure you can? Like, you've already been there. Are you sure you can do it again? And Anna's like, I know what you're doing and it's working. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I can. And I will. And I do it well, bitch. I do it well. I do it well. And she does. And it's fantastic. It's great. Um, and then this is a very quiet moment that I love so much because James walks Cordelia home and he's starting to get like, he's starting to understand that he's like getting flustered around her and they're having this conversation and um, they're, they're like just talking. And then Cordelia's mom opens the door and James is like, I remember the tea that you made me. And I remember all of this. And, and she's like, yeah, you know, come over for tea. You know, da. he's like, I love tea. I love tea's great. Like, yay, I'll come. And, yay, and, tea. And, and he's like, oh my God, what, it, what did I, why, what? And it's just like a really sweet little moment that I, I really adore between them. Uh, and also um, after this, Cordelia and Alistair have a little blowout about Charles. And she's like, I know. And he's like, fuck, I don't like that, you know, but don't tell anybody. Mah, mah, mah. So, so it's, you know, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, um, we, we are up to. Are we going back to the Hell Ruel? We're going, we're going to the Whispering Room is where oh. we're going. <laughs> Which is at Hell Ruel. Yes, yes. Um, the Hell Ruel. Cordelia has a brand new wardrobe from Anna. Thank God. It's all beautiful jewel tones. I will pull out my uh, fake crate plushie of Cordelia here. This is the bronze dress that she's wearing when she does her her dance. Uh, I don't have Cortana in her hand. She didn't come with one, but we need Cortana. Uh, this dance, fantastic. I love how both Matthew and James are just like... The whole time. The whole time. So... Let's remember that um, Cordelia's mom was like, I'm going to give you like all the popular colors for the season, not what colors work for Cordelia. And Anna's like, I got you, like Laura said. So she comes out and she's like, I, this dress is tight. And it is, it is very, um, as again, we're in the 1900s. It is very revealing. Can't wear a petticoat. Curves are curving. She is looking snatched. And James is speechless. He's just like openly drooling. The boys are just like, hey, looking good, Cordy. Uh, Anna's like, yeah, she is. And they're off doing their thing. James still can't get anything out of his mouth. And they are at the Hell Ruel. They have to do the thing. Anna's like, peace, y'all. I got shit I got to do. Um... Y'all do whatever you need to do. And then Laura was talking about a dance. Well, yeah. So they're like, we're looking for entertainment. We need a distraction while Anna works her charms on Hypatia. So Cordelia is like, all right, I'll do it. So she gets up there on the stage with um, 
some music accompaniment and Cortana. And she does like some sword. She does like her sword practice movements, but she says a uh, story while she does it. And it's just like captivating everybody. And they say like, everyone's going to be talking about that dance for years to come. And it'll be fantastic. Right after that, Charles walks in and everyone's like, oh, fuck, Charles is here. So James and Cordelia run and run into the whispering room that has an enchanted fire that we learn about later on in the books. And whispering room is where we have a hot and heavy makeout session between Cordelia and James. And I swear if that door hadn't opened, Cordelia and James would have been on that cap. Oh, yeah. Easy, because he was already, like, all up on her tits. Like, he was he was in it. They were both in it. And the only reason they stopped was because the door opened. Then they pretend, once they, like, the people kept going and they closed the door, they were like, oh, don't you hear that? That sounds like people are coming again. We might as well keep going. Keep going. Meanwhile, like, if there nobody was coming into the room, the only time the next person who did come into the room was Matthew, and he was like... Hey, y'all. <laughs> and and Cordelia's like, shoes are in the middle of the room. Yeah, like everything. Like she's like legs around his waist, pressed against the wall. She's like, oh, we, we just in case somebody came in. And he's like, uh-huh. Anyway, and it's done. <laughs> and here's the information we need. Yeah, so like Anna, Anna gives the pixies. We get a glimpse of Anna's necklace, and yeah, it's just like, all right, we got the pixies. You guys don't have to make out anymore. And both James and Cordelia are like, all right, cool. We're acting, acting, actors, actors. We have the mention of the star on James's collar. Of course, that's the Herondale um, birthmark. We're left from the angel when Will and Tessa went bang bang in the cave. Uh, so, and, oh, he does call her my Daisy, my Daisy. <laughs> ah, James. While that's happening, Lucy and Thomas and Christopher are spying the fuck out of the Institute's Enclave meeting. We love it. We love that Lucy is using a rune that her dad taught her. Go off, Will. And we're we're learning. We're learning. There's six attacks. 25 people are sick. All of them are moved to the silent city. Here's the quarantine. Uh, you know, we are on... Uh, three groups of research, you know, day patrols, night patrols. It's not enough. It's not enough. Charles will act as the consul in London because of the quarantine. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, after that, it's just so funny the way that things go. The, uh, everyone is like, you know what? You know what? We have to make sure that this Pixis, this Pixis is empty. Right? We got to make sure this Pixis is empty. This is James. Thomas, Cord- Cordelia, Lucy, uh, Christopher, and Matthew. They're like, where can we do this? Where can we safely open a Pixis? Well, obviously, we'll do it in the sanctuary. And and Jessica, can you say with a straight face who walks into the sanctuary? Or can you only say it with a smile? Only with a smile because it's Magnus. What is going on here, <laughs> Magnus? I, I do understand their practicality, though. They're like... Well, we needed to get one demon into a box. So we had to let the other demon out. So we had to let the other one out. Yes. But no. But I see where you're coming from. And now we have Matthew fanboying. Oh, my God. Mr. Bane, I love your work. (laughs) 
It's like, I love your work. I love your work. Uh, also, the demon recognizes James here and is like, I am free. I will retrieve my master's lost world. That's a little just plot just like thrown in there for us. Uh, you know, a boon, blah, blah, blah. And James absolutely just kills it. Um, Magnus, practical Magnus, why aren't you just telling your parents? Your parents are cool. Like, wh- what are you? What are you doing? The last time I saw you, you were <laughs> you were yeah. drunk as a skunk. Yeah, and and they're like, well, Ragnar told us not to tell him, and he's like, well, if Ragnar told said not to tell him, well, then I guess I will tolerate your bullshit for a little bit. And I'm six hours early for my meeting because I came in from India. So like, what are we on about? Let's go. And uh, Cordelia is like, cool, 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 cool. Um, we're gonna go fight a manticore. Can you like? create another tower bridge so that we can do this and magnus is like i guess but like if 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 the bullshit gets too bullshitty i'm telling your parents <laughs> so let's go another another cool uncle moment yeah we love it we love it um magnus also says like hey hey hey, uh you know that dirt that you got is from uh the you know belfador's land like jem called me i analyzed that shit for you so it's from belfador james is like hmm, maybe that's my grandpa it's not um but we have this big battle like big manticore battle here under the bridge uh we can distill it down basically into cordelia stabs the fuck out of it and i love it so much she doesn't hesitate she just goes Woo! and this isn't the first time either she i mean it happens again later in the book she uses cortana we get flashbacks of like cortana choose she always felt called to it but cortana chooses her she and her like they just have like and that's just how weapons work in fantasy world the, you know just like the one chooses the use the sword chose um cordelia this is also the part where she's such a badass but gets gets falls into the thames yes yes she falls into the thames and lucy lucy uh goes to save her and commands she has Lucy goes to the river and she goes, help me, help me, someone help me. And all of the ghosts in the river and Jesse answer her call. Of course, she doesn't know this until later on. She only sees Jesse. So she thought that Jesse was helping her out of his own volition. Nobody else can see uh, the ghosts, Will included. Or I'm sorry, James included. Um, so everybody's like, oh, the, the boaters helped Cortelia out of the water. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, the Manticore, who is dying, does say, like, I am Legion. Like, come with me. You'll be honored. Like, I will, if you come with me right now, I will end all of this, like, destruction that's going on, James. Like, uh, you know, come with me to your grandfather's realm. Like, you can't kill me. James is like, get fucked. And, you know, he disappears. And Lucy then wakes up in the Institute. And this is uh, where, Jess, you were like, Will is saying, stop throwing all this shit in my face. <laughs> like, I get it. It is also here where um, Lucy's like, you know what? Like, danger isn't just for boys. Like, you did all this riskier stuff. Like, um, James has Cortana, though. Like, Lucy or like Cordelia went home. Right? Like, Matthew took Cordelia home. And this is the explanation of the green carnation that we just love so much. Matthew, you are an artist. You're just fantastic. Um, But it is here where James brings 
Cortana to Cordelia in the middle of the fucking night. Like, they made it a point. It is after midnight. His sister, like, everybody's kind of healing. Matthew brought Cordelia home. Lucy's still here. They say, like, her mom, uh, her, uh, Cordelia's mom's like, where is Cortana? And she's like, oh, fuck. Like, there was that battle. At this point, all the parents at least are aware there was, there was no lies to be spun. There was a demon battle. Their kids were fighting it. And it was just kind of like, well, we knew it was too good to be true. It was going to happen one day that Shadowhunter children were going to be fighting the demons. So her, so James is like, I know what I'll do over in Cortana over to, it's past midnight. I'll bring it to Cordelia. And he is looking like a drowned rat. And Will is like, Hey, you might want to look a little bit spiffy for social calls, especially if it's after midnight for this girl that I know I can see. You're like hard eyes over. Yeah. So he goes and Sonar is just like, bet. I will leave you unsupervised. And closes the door. Like, it was so... It wasn't just like, I'll leave you guys to talk, but I'll leave the door open. She was like, click, click, click. Which is so funny because they, they're, they like, so proper. But they're, like, flirting a little bit. And they're like, you know, I kissed you. You know, all, all of this stuff. And, you know, here's Cortana. They're, they're having their moment. And then Alistair is like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Mom no. might not care, but I fucking do. I care. <laughs> I care. Get out. And James is like, you know what? Your sister's the only reason I'm not punching you in your fucking face right now. Like, fuck you and the horse that you rode in on, Alistair. Uh, but then James leaves and Alistair confesses to Cordelia everything about their childhood and about Elias being a drunk for their entire life. And Cordelia is just like, whoa, there's a lot. That's a lot to process. Right now. Her whole childhood was flipped upside down from what, like, her memories. And then she also kind of, like, held her brother accountable for a way to be like, well, why did you do that? And he's like, because I didn't want, I wanted you to have that treasured memory because I didn't. So, yeah. and, you know, that you get more flashbacks, too, of, like, how he, how he was in high school, too. Like, she's like, were you really a bully? And he goes, eat or get eaten. Yeah. And, and you know, he said it is what it is. You know, I, we were getting, I was getting made fun of, like our status was what it was. And I was just like, you know what? No. And I became what I had to do. I had to do what I had to do to survive, which is kind of like a theme here. And, and I do, we do feel bad because like this happened when Alistair was like 10 or Cordelia was like 10. So like it was, it was everything. It was all of Alistair's childhood and Cordelia was shielded as much as she could, but like you know, they moved around a lot, trying to find the right climate. He was sick all the time. It's it's very hard. It does make her childhood a little bit tainted. And we do see like a little bit later on um, in other books, like how that kind of um, impacts her. It's very interesting. James, our, our James, he's always forever going places. He goes to Matthew's house and there is an energy here. They're like, there's energetic clouds. We're waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, um, because Christopher is convinced that he can make an antidote to the demon poison that has all of these people sick. And he says, we need some dark magic plants. And James is like, bet Tatiana's got those. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and, and there's an attack. There's an attack, and I have to tell you, every time I read this, I get so nervous every time Oscar, the dog, comes in and saves Matthew. I'm just like, ah, every single time. Fair. But we love. But we love. Um, but it is just during this attack that 
took everybody by surprise because it happened in the console's front fucking yard. Um, Christopher here is scratched by a demon and Christopher goes down and he has to go to the silent city. And here is also where Charles and Alistair are just like, hey, we saw the demon. What's going on? And it's like, where were you? Where were you? But it's not addressed. <laughs> what were y'all doing? Well, now that yeah. we know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's what's going on? What's going on? But because Christopher was hurt by a demon, he is now poisoned. He also grabbed onto Will, clutched onto him. This is the part where I'm not this Will is, James. This is later. That's, oh, this is later. Yeah. Okay, then. I'm, okay, yeah, I thought absolutely. I was thinking of this part. Okay, never mind. No, you're very close. Um, this is the reveal that um, Sonar has to Cordelia that she is pregnant, right? We have this. Um, we have Jem uh, and the Silent City and the infirmary. Everybody's busy. And then is this is the part where people become possessed and they're like, James, they're like, she's, they're like, I'm looking for Jem, you know, like James Carstairs. And then they get latch on to the James name and they're like, James, 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 like all they're yes. like, possessed and chanting his name all get up. What do they describe it? Like puppets and marionettes and their eyes go black and they're just chanting his name about like the demons are basically looking for him. They're looking for the 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 Lord of Thieves, which is one of the princes of hell, turning out to be James's grandfather, so biological grandfather, so Tessa's biological father, father, yeah. yeah. Um, which is still so weird because it's you think of a demon, a prince of hell. It's so many years, and he says that he's like you all think of like years and like like decades and centuries, like. We're thinking in millennia. Yeah, they're playing the long game, which is exactly it, because there's a note sent to everybody that from Jem, quote, 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 that's like, come, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Come alone. So, uh, you know, Matthew, they all go and everything, you know, Cordelia's there. You know, they all start chanting just as you say. This is where the scratching happens. And, you know, Ariadne starts talking. And this is where they say, like, um, you know, you've been summoned by the Lord of Thieves. Your blood will open the gate. You carry the taint now. And this is where Jem comes in and like banks his staff and is like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? Get the fuck out of here. You were not supposed to be here. Get out. And there's evil afoot. Evil afoot. And this is where um they flee the silent city and Matthew and James goes out ahead. Matthew feels like the parabatai, like, pull and is like something is really wrong and that is where we run into james and an archway there's rope there's another realm there's a lot going on a lot is always going on in these books always always a lot going on in these books um so what do we have we have an archway appears and it's like you know never you're never gonna rise uh he, what what is gonna happen so matthew james and cordelia tie a rope around james james uses his taint he goes through the archway matthew's like holding the rope they're all waiting it's a whole thing james goes into the shadow realm and hello his grandpa is belial he is a prince of hell. He is a thief. He stole the realm from the other person we mentioned earlier. I cannot think of his name right now. Balfagor? Balfagor, yes. And the whole, and Belial's whole shtick is that he can never rise. That means he can never really truly walk on 
Earth. Now, Jess, we have met Belial before. We have met Belial in Ghost of the Shadow Market. We met him in Tennessee. <gasps> Belial. When they're on the mountains? When they are at that weird shadow market that popped up in Tennessee in the mountains and Jem and that Iron Sister go to oh, the fair. Oh, and the Iron Sister's like, listen the fuck to me. You know who I am. You know what I can do to you. Mm-hmm. Give Jem some peace. Give him a moment with his parabatai. Let them run together while they're young through the streets of London. That's Belial. But that's happening in like the 1920s, 1940s, 1960s. This is way after right now. <gasps> what do we not know? Why is he being so nice? <gasps> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so Belial is the one who hired Gast. Belial is the one who raised the manticore. Jess, if you remember in that story, um, Belial is masked in the fair in Tennessee. And he he can't, he doesn't have like a true form because it's all the mirrors. So he's reflected in the mirror. Okay. See, this is why we read everything. All right. So Belial's whole shtick is that he can't like walk on the earth. He needs a body, right? He needs like a blood relative body. He like burns through uh, like nor- normal people that he tries to possess. So he needs you to volunteer, James. James, you, you'd be, pr- I'd like you to be a little bit older, but you're fine now, James. So volunteer and I, I will make all of these demon attacks. I'll make all of this stop but I will walk the earth in your body. And and James is like, James just says, yes, he gives him, perm- he's skeptical, gives him permission. And then uh, Belial is like, actually, you kind of have the poison in you now. So your sister would be better because she's healthier. And he's like, I think the fuck not. You stay away from my sister. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think the absolute fuck not. Um, so the, the rope starts to go really tight, right? Cause they're like having a battle. There's all of these things. And, and Cordelia is like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, uh, Cordelia cuts through the archway barrier that is right there outside of the entrance to the silent city with Cortana and she Goes to the shadow realm and, you know, there's shards everywhere. There's all of this stuff. And James is like, Daisy, Daisy, is that you? And then there's just, there's a manticore attack. While that fucking shit is happening. (laughs) Something's always happening. (laughs) Yeah. Lucy, Lucy and Thomas are at the greenhouse and Thomas goes to get the plants. And Lucy, again, is just like, I'm going to go explore. And Lucy stumbles upon uh, Grace talking to Jesse in his glass coffin. And they have like a little moment and and Lucy's like listening to her talk about everything. And this is where she overhears her Grace being scolded about taking the bracelet off of James. It's like, you shouldn't remove the enchantment. You have to put it back on. I'll strengthen it. Like, he can destroy you. Like, the, like he, 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 Belial, can destroy you. Like, what's going to happen if if James shows up and he's not wearing the fucking bracelet? Like, you got to get it. You got to get it. Um, but this is when... Uh, Lucy saves from the demon attack, Grace. And, you know, Jesse's there. Jesse kills it. And then everyone's like the Spider-Man meme where it's like, how do you see? How do you see? Because at first, 
Jesse, the the spirit isn't there. She's just she, as in Grace, is just talking to Jesse, the physical body, which is kept in like a snow white glass case. And even even Lucy's like, this is, even though I know, and I know there's like necromantic, like shadow hunter stuff going on, this is still really fucking weird. I mean, yeah. it is. She's just like, and mom won't understand, and you'll get it. And she's like, okay, yeah. It's like, really, really. All right, this is this 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 is all weird. We're we're gonna we're gonna fuck off. We're gonna fuck off. Um. So what happens then is that Lucy's like, hey, hey, um, we we have we have the antidote. Uh, Thomas, you have to go make it. I don't I don't know how to make it. Meanwhile, I need to go to my brother. Where's my brother? Hey, Jesse, where's my brother? And Jesse's like, Bet, where's your brother? Uh, your brother is in Highgate. There's some shit going down. And Lucy's like, All right, take me to Highgate. And Jesse's like, What? And Lucy's like, Yeah, Did she doesn't I know how. Yeah. I like, she was just like, I don't know how I can control you because she finds out and it comes from knowing that the ghost had saved Cordelia. That she was just like, hey, Jesse, thanks for saving my bestie. And James and Jesse's like, I didn't do that. You demanded us. I just answered your call. So she's like, I don't know what that means. And now she's like, please don't hate me. And he's like, don't make me do this. And she was like, you're taking me right now. And she's like, poof, they're there. Yep. Poof. Uh, Thomas, meanwhile, goes to make the antidote. He runs into Alistair and Charles, who give him a little bit of shit. Um, but he ends up making it. And that is Absolutely awesome. If we go back to our battle, this is again where Cortana just stabs Belial in the chest. Like she's done with his shit. She's done with it. She's done with James and his shit. Just shut the fuck up. Let's get the fuck out of here. And essentially she splits the sky open and James and Cortana just fall out of the sky. It's very Emma and Julian and they fall out of the sky and they just smash into the fucking ground. Um, Cord- and uh, Cordelia's got a broken leg and this is where James is like like dying, right? Like Matthew feels like the parabatai mark. It's it's all very dramatic. And then we've got Lucy popping up with Jesse. Just tell me about it. So, oh, goodness, where to start? Two different things are going on. They're focusing on James. James is on his last breath. And what we also know is that Jesse has a locket of his last breath because of the stories that he shared with Lucy about how necromancy works and how the last his last breath was supposed to revive him with some sort of necromancy demon that his uh that Tatiana had made some sort of bargain with and she and she knew I'm sorry um uh, Lucy knew that if um anything was going to happen to Cordelia or something Jesse would have used that last breath on Cordelia because it, he knew how much that meant to her so here we are knowing how much James means to Lucy and honestly just Jesse realizing that like shadow hunters aren't that bad the the bullshit that Tatiana is saying he's like I she's fucking crazy um and she's deluded in her, herself and her revenge and her misplaced anger thank you Lucy for um giving me this moment for letting me fight and share and be a part of the shadow hunter life because I never got that um and and uh, Jesse quite literally gives his last dying breath to James, which allows James to 
have some sort of life force to help Matthew use the like the healing runes, which when runes are given by a pair of batai, they're stronger. They're all this stuff. Um, and so they begin to work. Yes, we have. Yeah. So we have James come back. Yeah. And all as well. And what does James do? James like crawls over to Cordelia and it's just like, thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Like you and me, like let's read together, like all of this stuff. And you're just like, all right, all right. Like here, there's really something here. There's really something here. And then Cordelia and Alistair leave because like the enclave is coming. Everybody's coming to save everybody. Everyone's going to fuss over everyone. Cordelia and Alistair leave. And um, Alistair says like, I had faith in Thomas. Like I knew he could do it. I knew, you know, all, all of that. But it's when James wakes up the next morning. Matthew's there with him, of course. Always Matthew, you know, our, our blessed Matthew. Um, fucking Grace shows up. Grace shows up before Cordelia. Grace shows up and Matthew is like, Grace is here. She wants to talk to you. Fuck this bitch. Fuck this bitch. And James is like, nah, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. I feel so good. Like, all is so good. Like, I'm going to go see Cordelia. My heart is screaming for Cordelia. I will deal with this bitch first. Bring her in. Bring her in. And she slaps that bracelet on his wrist. I remember the first time I read this, I was like, no. You saw my reaction. I was like, fuck, no. Because she was very insistent. Like, I need to talk to him alone. Yeah. And Matthew's like... I fucking hate her. Like, you know, he was just over her bullshit for the longest time since the beginning because he's like, I don't know what he's using her. Yeah. And, and but the thing, too, is like Grace confesses it. Grace, Grace, like, lays it out. She's like, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. It's all of these things. Bang, 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 bang. Snap on the bracelet. And James doesn't have any of that, like, memory. He's just like, oh, my God, it's Grace. It's Grace. Loyalty binds me. Loyalty binds me. To Grace, I'll do anything for you. You know, they kiss. And she's like, all right, go, go kill the automaton in my house if you love me. They kiss. And Matthew and Cordelia walk in on it because he's like, because, you know, Matthew is like this, like Grace is in here, but Cordelia showed up like I'm going to rally. This is my friend. We're going to get this girl out of here. And they and they're 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 close. They're close with the closed door. We know this is 1900s. Could keep emphasizing that. So they're just like, uh, stop dead in their tracks. Cordelia's all like, I wore my nicest dress. And she's like. She brought the book to read. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, thank God he didn't see the book. Like everything that she's thinking going on in her head, you know, anybody would be like the same way. We're like the pit in her stomach, her heart dry, like every single emotion where she's like, it, it was all a dream. I had, I must've made it all up in my head. Yeah. And Cordelia sees the bracelet on his wrist. She's like, great. And, and she's like, James is a different person. Like, it's it's just all, it, it it's awful. It's just all awful. But then it's just like, all right, like, let's go. Everybody good? We all good? All right. And then they just fuck off. It's like, oh, oh all right. Okay. <laughs> um, he does save Cordelia, though. We, we absolutely love that when he, um, what does he do? Are we talking about after they burn down the Blackthorn Manor? Mm-hmm. So they're up against the clave. The clave's like, James, you're, you know, or I should say, Tatiana's like, boo, you have demon blood. And James is like, yeah, tell me something new. And then they're like, use the truth, the, the, the sword of truth, the moral sword or whatever it's called. 
that way he can't lie about burning down my house. And in a panic, because the people who do know what's going on know what's happening. And Cordelia's like, he shouldn't, he wasn't burning down the house because he was with me all night long. And everybody's like, gasp, oh my gosh, scandal. And we know that this means that she, quote unquote, is ruined in the Shadowhunter eyes of society. And it's alluded to in the beginning of the book that if things like this ever happen, you always hope that the, 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 you know, the man, the man involved, it will do the quote unquote gentlemanly thing to do and do right by the, the, the woman and marry her. So like it's less of a scandal or whatever. And so he's like, you have to take it back. You have to, t- I will. And she's like, no, like we're friends. This is what friends do. Like whatever. And it also kind of like, I feel like it's a little freeing for her too, because she's like, now I don't have the pressure. Nobody's going to want to marry me. I didn't want to marry anybody anyway, unless it was James. And he already loves this other girl. So like, no. So then we're having a one-on-one moment and James is like, I have to talk to you. And he's like, this isn't great. Um, How about I marry you? And she's like, mm, you're with Grace. You don't love me. And I'll be damned if you think you can just marry me and then like fuck around behind my back. And he's like, okay, I get it. But like, we're still besties. Let's just still get married and for a year, just for a year, clear your name. We can get divorced and it'll be fine. And she's not even like, she's like, this is everything I wanted and not how I wanted it at all. She's devastated. And he's like, don't worry, Cordelia, love will find you one day. It's like, oh, James, James, uh, this enclave meeting, little details, um, Tatiana, is going to go to the Iron Sisters because she's just been like devastated by grief. It's not her fault. She goes to the Iron Sisters. Okay, whatever. We'll see her again. Um, Magnus is there and Magnus is like, yo, Tatiana tried to hire me to do all this bullshit. Like, I'm I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> when he was adding, he was like, James most certainly definitely wasn't at the Blackthorn <laughs> Manor. Like, everyone's like, he's laying it on a little thick. It's like, all right, all right, Magnus. All right, all right. Um, so after James proposes, you know, Will and Sonar and Tessa are just like, they all like burst in the room. They're like, what is going on here? But then immediately Will is like, oh my God, you're the best person that I was ever been. You know, we will be, uh, you know, bonded more closely together now. Uh, you know, just fantastic. Will is. But Tessa's mm-hmm. spect- like right away, she's like, Something fishy's going on. She doesn't yeah. know what, but she's she knows she knows her son and she knows Cordelia a little bit, um, especially with like the one on one moments that they've had. And she's like, "This this is something's happening, and this isn't it." So we're gonna look to Cordelia's mom. Like, are are you cool with this? Because I guess if you are, then we'll stand behind that. Yeah, and so and Sonar is like totally fine with it. So. Uh, that's good. And good things are happening to Cordelia, too, because uh, later Alistair says that, like, Elias, their father is going to be released. Like, Cordelia, you did it. Like, you're a hero now. You can ask for things. It's bad form to, like, prosecute the father of, of a hero. Like It's all about optics for the clave, and it always has been. So that's why they're just like, what would it look for them if they had the hero's father? And Jem was like... Jem shows up and he's like, hey, Cordy, got your message. And she's like, I was really hoping that y'all, I don't think you got it soon enough because, you know, he has, you know, a substance abuse problem. He is an alcoholic and probably the best way for him to get the help that he would have needed 
as if he was in that forest rehab at the Silent City. And Jem was like, ooh, my bad. Yeah, she's like, he's like, so why don't you write to them and say that you want him to go to the Basilius for treatment? And she's like, all right, all right, I will. Speaking of optics, um, Alistair is not dyeing his hair anymore. Alistair has his black hair back. And that is revealed when we get to the engagement party of um, uh, James and Cordelia, which is like kind of taken over by Charles because he announces his engagement to Grace. I hate that shit. I, I hate when people hate do that. that. I hate that because that's expect- he wanted the attention on him. He always does, which is so fucking weird. Like, again, no, no. You know, you know what it is. You know, it's like the the Sophie Turner Joe stuff where he he's trying to be cool and like He's just not. Team Sophie, just by the not. way. Yeah, it's, it, he's just not. He's just not. So he's like, bah, thank you. I, you know, all of this, bah, me, me, me. And everyone's like, shut up, Charles. Like, the, it is not the time. Um, but also, Alistair really takes that onto himself, too, because Alistair and Charles break up here. And they're like, you know what? I deserve someone that'll stand up for me. Like, fuck this. Like, fuck all of this. I, I'm done. I'm done. And this is a nice part of Alistair's and Cordelia's relationship, too, because now that Cordelia's like, hey, I know about y'all, we know in a letter that Alistair wrote to Charles is like, hey, by the way, my sister knows and you can get fucked. Like, whatever you want to say, you can say it in front of her. And so they have that fight and Alistair grabs her, drags her along to this conversation because Charles is like, I need to talk to you, grabs him. So it's like this chain effect. And he's like, whatever you could say, you could say in front of my sister. And Charles is like, oh, you were for real about that. But, you know, in that moment, there's a vulnerability because he's like, yeah, you could say in front of her. But it was also a I need her here to help me stay strong because I don't know if I can do it by myself. Yeah, and well, and that is just echoed because Alistair does leave the party crying um, because Matthew just goes off on him and he's like, all right, all right, let's go. Let's go. You want to talk about why I don't fucking like you? It's because you told the lies. You talked about the parentage. You put in all of these doubts. Like, what the absolute shit? All of these rumors. Like, you ruined our families. Like, all of it. And Thomas. You made my sister cry. My cousin cry. Our moms cry. Like, our parents. Like, it's not just these rumors that are, that kind of, you know, back before, you know, at, at a point where if there were rumors, it stayed within the school or something and your parents never really heard about the things that were going on. Like the, it got into the parents' ears. Like they were just so hurt for themselves, for their kids. Like everything was so intertwined. And he, and he as an Alistair contributed to that. Yeah. And this is where Thomas and him kind of like end their like thing or whatever too. Cause Thomas is just like, fuck you, fuck you. Uh, we have, we have declarations. Uh, Lucy declares to, uh, Jesse, that she will bring him back. She promises. Uh, Ariadne promises to Anna that she will win her back. You know, I will win your love back. All of this stuff. Like, I heard you. I heard you. Uh, will and Cordelia are dancing and they have a very beautiful, like, future father-in-law, daughter-in-law moment. It's very lovely. You know, we can have a celebration or we cannot. But And while that is happening, James is just like, on the balcony being super contemplative about like everything that's happening and you know once again grace rolls up and open walks out onto the balcony and she's like hey will and then um, hey james and james is telling her basically how it's all a ruse and she's like 
oh, great. So, like, y'all can get divorced and we can still do our thing in a year. Yeah. Yeah. And James is just like, you know what, though? Like, let's not talk about this right now. Like, this is not the, the, the time right now. Fuck off for right now. And he's like, you know, Cordelia, he, and he does have this feeling of like Cordelia, Cordelia, Cordelia. Like, so there's that. But again, he's in this extra strong um, bracelet. So that sucks. Uh, Magnus is there. Of course he is. Uh, Magnus is watching the self-destruction of Matthew. And Justice is the quote that you said earlier in the episode where like, if a man brings his own alcohol to an open bar, then you know there's a problem. That is this moment. Um, and Matthew's like, you know what? Or Magnus is like, you know what? I'm gonna stick around. I'm gonna stick around and see how this plays out. Like the shit is going down. Which is so nice because again, it alludes to how, um, where we were with, the ghost of a shadow market or no i'm sorry the bane chronicles where he was telling tessa he's like why don't you tell me what's going on and she's like why don't you tell me what's going on and you knew that the correspondences were being kept from each other um and now it's like i'm gonna be here like i love these guys i might talk shit but like they're still my family (laughs) we love them so much and this is the end now we are in the epilogue the epilogue is um belial appears and he's talking to Tatiana. He's like, Tatiana, Tatiana, this is what we want. You are a spy in the Iron Citadel now. We have an in. This is excellent. You're going to take it and you're going to take them down from the inside, too. Yep. So and then it's like, bum, bum, bum. Then it ends. There is a bonus story. I feel that we should save for something special. I don't know. I, this is a very okay. long episode. Yeah. I feel like we should do... And it do... doesn't necessarily tie in just yet. Exactly. So I feel like we should wait and do something with this 1880 very special uh, episode that we have, or little story that we have here. So we will save and, that. Yeah. And it's like a 40-minute chapter if you read it at speed. I think it broke it down. So you can guarantee we will talk a lot about that and absolutely. every little nuanced thing that's brought up there. Absolutely. Um, and we can probably do that on like an Instagram live in oh, December. True. Right. Like how Maybe. fun would that be? Just yeah. like a little. Yeah. Just like a little fun. Um, okay. So that that is the end of of this book. Um, Shadowhunter books. So much happened in Shadowhunter books. It is really a joy for me to be back in this world and to be back in a series where, and, uh, and we've said this, um, you know, Akafe and consistency to be back in a series where like the thing happens, right? All of the things happen. Like this is the plot is laying down all the plot. We have so much plot, but like, like people died, people got sick. Like we went to different realms. We did all of this amazing stuff. Uh, I, really like this book and i think now i will tell you just the criticism uh that this book has which is um when this book came out and of course i did read this when it was originally released it was march 2020 like when the Mm -hmm. world was shutting down i looked at that publication date Mm -hmm. the criticism was um why are there so many gay people because they they were like this is set in nineteen hundred. Why are there so many gay people? Rah! And it's like, just think about that question for like five more seconds, and you would have an answer if you had any sort of like, uh, just. Uh. Well, I mean, I, I, and you even have. I mean, besides like, Matthew's dog is named Oscar Wilde. If anybody knows, they're literally like they're literally 
literary history in regards to Oscar Wilde and the queer community, in regards to the history of the Green Carnation. Like, we know exactly it was 1900s. Just because it was 1900s doesn't mean that the queer community didn't exist. It's always existed. Yeah, it's always existed. And it, it was just like such a weird criticism to have in like this point in time and like yeah. the time in the world. It was like, why? But then that criticism was uh, that criticism is consistent when you think of the dark artifices as well. Yeah, I was going to say like Marie, just like everything that happens with the dark artifices. But do you see that commentary happening now? Because, again, you're probably a little bit more on, like, shadow hunter talk than I am because I just try not to. I don't like spoilers. I'll keep on scrolling. So I don't know if that's still a criticism. It was weird. Uh, yeah, Alec. It was weird with Alec because Alec was kind of set up, to, you know, you could be, you know, is he going to be the angsty friend that Clary's going to, is it going to be a Jace love triangle? Huh. So it was, it was just, it was a weird time. It was a weird time. But that, that was, um, a huge criticism of this book. It's like, you know, this is set in the 1800s. Why are you making everybody so fucking gay? It's like the, the, no, that's not. No. Next question, please. Um, so next question for you, Jess would be, do you like this book? And what is a favorite part of this book for you? Oh, that was one of my questions. I wanted to know what one of your favorite parts were and how many times that you've read it. Uh, well, I'll answer you first. I've read this several times. I was trying to nail it down, probably about five, five or so. And you've done it different ways. Like you've done audio, you've done co-reading, you've done it just the book, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've done a lot of it. Uh, do I have, do I have a favorite part in this book? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whispering room. It's the, it's the, it's the dance and the whispering room. It's the passion because, and this goes to the writing again, is I feel the passion yeah. between Cordelia and James. Like there are, you know, when we have said on the podcast and other episodes too, or we just don't feel the spark between the characters. I feel it yeah. here. So when they feel the passion, it's like, I'm there with them. And I, and I just love that too. And especially uh, these characters. That's such a good point that you bring up in some, because you can have other people write the same exact words, but it's not, you don't feel it from the characters. The words could be exactly the same. I'm, I have a couple of books that I'm thinking that we've discussed on the podcast immediately. Um, and I'm just like, but no, it doesn't work. But this absolutely, absolutely works. So what is yours? The Whispering Room, soft moments with Matthew. I really, really am adoring Matthew. Um, I'm liking the setup of... I need a groveling James Herondale for the rest of his life for the bullshit that he's, you know, we know the bracelet. I understand the bigger picture. We've gone into it a lot this episode. That being said, that doesn't mean I want a, when the spell is lifted, whatever, whatever happens at the end of, I want him to be making it up to her for the rest of their life, whether they stay married, whether they don't and they become friends, whatever it is, I want him to know every day and to, to be like, I am your slave. Yes, yes, that we need a groveling James Herondale. How hot would he be being just dog walked through that manor oh, house? I absolutely. Just I don't want her. And you know what? She's not the type of girl. I feel like some some uh, female main characters would be like, "No, it's fine. Like we're equals." No, no. Like yes, we're equals, but you owe me. <laughs> That's right. Don't you daisy me? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's our queen. I absolutely love it. I'm so glad that you enjoyed this book, Jess, and I'm so glad that you um, see the chaos that I led you on to get you here <laughs> through so the grateful. crazy order that we did. I am so grateful for you and your patience this past week because I had collated all of the text that all the reaction text that I sent you and I put it in a Google Doc and it wound up being 10 pages. So thank you. They're Shadowhunter episodes. We we all know that they are long, uh, but, you know, we look forward to the next one. So thanks for joining us this time. Um, please feel free to check us out at Instagram. We're at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.